Welcome everybody to podcast 111. Yes, 111. <laughs> Did you uh, happen to notice the little change in our intro today? Oh, did you add it? It looks so much better. Did you add Adam? I did. He wasn't even watching. Oh, I, you know what? I was so busy focusing on, on telling you, hey, Carrie, you should add Adam in there instead of actually looking to see that you actually I, already added Adam. I, I saw four again, and I just assumed I looked away. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Can we see it again? Come on. Come on. For sure. I'll, I'll pop. Good for you? Yeah. Good enough. Good enough, I guess. I'd have to look at it a lot longer. My old ass. Yeah. Adam was too busy being the notorious cheap guy he is trying to put his name in for the all-star draw yeah. already. Yeah. We're getting, yeah. we're getting just, entries into I'm this. I'm getting it all started. There's more people already. But who yeah. says we're going to go to all-star draw? Well, no, I know. I'm, I'm just baiting these guys. So when we leave, I can just, re-enter and we're good. You're messing with the people. Yeah. <laughs> The funny thing is, he picked right. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> Don't admit it. So it's a whole new, whole new world too. I can see the back end side of things because I that commentary, but I can see all the back end. Oh, what can I play with now? Tonight? <laughs> you know, I'll just, I'll just sit just, on my hands and won't be able just to like move people around. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> just another Tim moment. Just muting Dexter whenever he feels like it. Oh, I don't know. oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know my role here. <laughs> so, uh, what what news do we have for the banter? this week guys what's going on well we released um the bowling the five pin u eight gamer first episode right yeah first yeah. episode our first two matches that are recorded and done <laughs> it was it was uh it was an excellent match uh, it was it was mediocre at best people should definitely watch that one <laughs> you should watch you should watch episode one at least absolutely yeah. If, yeah. It, if it's not for the matches it's for the support of five pin bowling how about that yeah absolutely it's, it's fun though right there's a couple of matches obviously i played kevin holdsworth was successful dexter and carrie you guys played dexter you won um it's neat to be able to get the tournament on the road right and 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 start to get the production going you know, we're learning more each time. We're learning more, you know, things to do and add to it. So it's uh, it's fun, right? It's a long time coming to get this going. We're actually going. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And for playing in three different centers in the first two matches, the scoring is relatively close. Like, it's not yeah. like it's a runaway yeah. either way. So um, it just goes to show playing competition against somebody you're still dictated by the other player even though it may not feel like it because um bonnie dunes notoriously really yep. great scoring and so is paradise so is sherwood maybe we'll see more discrepancy when we go um to other centers but they're all top 24 players that qualified so the scoring should be fairly comparable across yeah, yeah. i think you, i think you'll be surprised at how close it actually is i mean like I said, even those those Dawson guys that played a little bit there in November, and uh, the pinfall there was fantastic, really, really yeah. good. It felt like it felt like playing at home in Sherwood. So um, I, I think you'd be surprised at how good the pinfall is across the country. So yeah, yeah. it was awesome. And, and like Daryl said, constantly learning new things. It's kind of a prelude and a practice run for us to doing our our pro league, which is great. I mean, the practice is awesome. Yeah. So. Speaking of Pro League, um, that's now we've got an official schedule um, in play. A uh, couple of minor tweaks, but first one is October 3rd, right? Uh, 
is the day, just a reminder there. But yeah, so the, for those teams, we're doing one every weekend or every second weekend. Um, are we going to live stream those, Carrie, or are we going to record and then get them out? Is that we're gonna so do? They, they will also be a recorded session. There'll be three matches, roughly yeah. probably two and a half hours, we're thinking, maybe three hours long. And um, they may be released later that evening, or we may wait a week and release a week behind, or what, whatever the case may be. But we will be recording just because it's such an early morning match. Right, good call. We, we don't feel that the audience will be engaged that early in the morning. So hopefully a recorded session later will be better for them. Right. Would, would you release it on kind of a schedule similar to say the podcast every Wednesday at seven? Yeah. That type of idea? Yeah. I think we will set an evening schedule, whatever day it may be. Um, and then we'll release it that same time every week. But, but I guess re releasing it afterwards ad does give you time to do a bit of post-production. Right. Yeah, if there if there needs to be, hopefully we'll have the the live stream um, production value um, done well enough that we won't have to do much post at all, which right. it would be ideal, right? That's that's Carrie's dream right there. <laughs> my my dream is is I just live stream everything and whatever happens happens. But I I understand the sales side of it that For sure. just recording it or just live stream at eight in the morning probably isn't the best for and Canada. there's some things we might miss in the production side of things whether it's sponsors or banners or adding little things that we want to make it obviously top notch so totally yeah, yeah. make the schedule yeah. yeah we'll take we'll take ideas when we want to release it len thanks there's, there's one <laughs> <laughs> um how about let's go into banter and a little bit of wcbt talk and uh we did sort of have an event on the weekend, so we had a satellite, right? I mean, let's go there, to be honest. That's, we had a satellite for the TPC at Sherwood Bowl. Uh, how did that go? Uh, really good. Adam, how did yeah. it go? Uh, it went, went pretty good for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, for first uh, games I've thrown in well over a year, so it, it, it was good. I think I, uh, I think I ended up shooting like 1281, or sorry, 1581. For, for the five yeah. and uh, shot a 415, which felt really, really good. So uh, I think Brett Wren also qualified uh, on the, uh, the the scratch side. Yeah. And uh, I'm not too certain who, who qualified on the handicap side, but I think think we got five or six entries uh, locked in for, for the TBC yeah. already. Ma Martino and Martino Marciano and Carson McElroy. And then Braun Perry won a little bit of money. And then on the... Uh, on your side, uh, Mark Johnson oh, Johnny. Won, a little, yeah. won a little bit of money there, too. So, yeah, but, a couple people but over Adam and Brett, Adam and yeah. Brett both got entered. Brett right yeah. 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 Big scores. I mean, it was nice to see. And, again, tournament play. It must have been nice, Adam, just to play in something semi-competitive. I mean, obviously, you're qualifying for a spot, so you want to win it no matter what. But, um, you know, competition has somewhat began here in, uh, in Alberta. It's nice to see. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Brett Wren shot 1,500 plus as well. So uh, nor normally a, a winning score for any type of an event. So, uh, But I, I think at that point, you you know you just need to be top two. And uh, with about three or four frames to go, I think he pretty much locked up uh, that, that second spot as well. Uh, had a chance to play with, uh, with Matt Schultz and uh, Tim in front of me, who was absolute garbage. So uh, I, don't, I don't know how I threw behind him, but it he was, was so uh, bad. We point. kicked him off a podcast. 
Yeah. <laughs> you need to take a week off, son. <laughs> he, he might be off Dream Crushers, too. We might see. Him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Who uh, played that first day for, for a pro league? Do you know? I don't Karen? know. I know I, we played. I have no first, idea. First week. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, our team doesn't because I should be behind the scenes for the first for the first show Couple. because you never know what we run into. So, yes, yes, you should. Yes, you should. Uh, what about uh, so WCBT as well? Autumn Open. We've seen entries uh, rocking for that. I just saw a comment come out. Um, the first shift Friday morning, 830 a.m. is totally full. Yep. Right. I see That's on the crazy. on the four sheets we're we're like two hundred entries already for that. Yep. Yeah, a lot of those are re-entries, but um that that's still at this point you're a month you're over a month out and you got your two hundred entries filled already. So you're creating wait lists now for re-entries. That yeah. that's amazing. That's uh right where we were when things kind of got shut down. Now hoping this fourth wave or whatever um, the health departments are talking about, hopefully with the, the vaccination rates and apparently the institution of vaccine passports and stuff like that, that it doesn't hurt the bowling events um, so much as the business, like hopefully the businesses are able to keep their doors open and we're able to bowl relatively safe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cross fingers we'll here. Like we know, we'll you know, we're just yeah. talking to our guests. You know, every province is different, right? So we were just chatting with them before they came on about what's different in their province and don't even know what's happening there. So, yeah. Lucky, yeah, yeah, lucky yeah. here. And hopefully, fingers crossed, it stays that way. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's, it, I want to be optimistic about it for sure. But I, I feel like there's got to be something that comes down the line here. And, I don't, I don't know what that's going to be. I don't think it's going to be business closures. I really don't. But I can't see it again. No, no I, I, I not, especially in Alberta. Kenny is really against it. But something something will be coming down the line, I'm sure, because yeah. our numbers are pretty pretty messed up right now. Yeah. Um, well, as Brett Hendrickson would say, Alberta all the way. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll push <laughs> forward. We'll be, the, we'll be the guinea pig province. We're fine. Yeah. Uh, so... We should uh, pay some of our bills here. So you can become a patron at patreon.com slash 5 for as little as $2 a month. And you can become one of our patrons and support us. And hopefully we can uh, give you exclusive content here coming up with the WCBT season starting. The 8Gamer, the Pro League, you may see some inside film and stuff like that before everyone else gets to. So we'll give our patrons a little bit more a little bit more bang for their buck than uh, we've been able to do with the whole COVID shutdown and stuff like that. And just like to thank All-Star Bowling Sales for being our sponsor of the week again. And we're going to run a quick commercial for them, and then we'll bring in our special guests.
So I'm going to grind some people's gears or what, what did we call it that the TPC, the one year, um, what was you that? You know what really plows segment? my pins? <laughs> what really plows my pins? Uh, JB might be a little butthurt about this, but from the east of Alberta, our guests are from Ontario. Um, some of the accomplishments that uh, we see that they've sent over is absolutely amazing. Um, and we can't be more thankful for them coming on and wasting some time with us and hopefully provide our audience with some entertainment. So without further ado. We have Dave and Brenda Pankoff from uh, which exact city are you guys from? London, 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 Ontario. London. Yep. Yep. Go Knights go. As I quickly pull up the map of Ontario and start looking, where is London? Where is London? <laughs> we're, we're only an hour from the border. Oh, nice. Okay. That's Sarnia. Two hours right. from Windsor, two hours from Sarnia, two and a half from Buffalo. Nice. So we're like in the hotbed of any right kind of middle of it all. events we want to go to. Yeah, no doubt. Wow. Do you guys go down to Buffalo to watch any sporting events or anything? We go everywhere. We oh, go nice. Cleveland, Buffalo, Detroit, Cincinnati especially. Yeah. The Reds. Awesome. And, um, you know, Pittsburgh, they're all within four or five hours. Chicago, five and a half. So Nice. Oh, yeah. And we love doing the hockey baseball. I think you might be the first Reds fan I've, I've ever met. <laughs> yes. well, who's the best uh, player ever? Pete Rose. Most hits. And likes to gamble. I love him. Yeah, he's a great guy. Great guy. <laughs> Can't make the Hall of Fame. That's, that's right. He should be in the Hall of Fame. I agree. No doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. One day. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, we will see. We'll, we'll see. Him and, him, and Roger Clement. him and Roger Clement should be in. <laughs> he has one heck of a handshake. Just ask Tim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Johnny. Tim. Johnny, what, what, wasn't yeah. it like the like yeah. the, the limp first handshake? Yeah, yeah. 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 He, Pete Rose does, right? Yeah. He does yes. it in Vegas. In Vegas, I saw him too and got $10 a book signed by him. Yeah. And yeah. he's got that uh, store. He's always at <laughs> it's Vegas. Yeah. This is Pete yeah. Rose here, and yeah. he's just yeah. making enough money so we can go back to the tables. <laughs> so. yeah. That's right. Pete likes to get right in close, so you can't get your hand outstretched. So you have a limp wrist when you shake his hand. He's a smart <laughs> yeah. man. He's a smart I, I, man. I, there, there's, there's a picture of you shaking his hand, isn't there, Gary? Not, not me, not me. No, it was I one of Johnny, was though. Johnny, especially. Yeah. 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 So bad. That's funny yeah. if, you, if you know that before you go in and you try to not let him do it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, we might as well ask our guests the questions here. So early years. <laughs> Uh, Brenda, we'll start with you. How'd you get into bowling? Um, well, my mom, um, she used to bowl. I started in Toronto, actually. Um, came up through YBC. Um, you know, bowled the four steps to start on, those kinds of things, local tournaments, uh, youth challenge, or it used to be called the Pepsi tournament. Mm -hmm. um, played that. Didn't have a lot of success. I mean, I had success locally in my center. I did make a youth challenge in that, but never, I never seemed to be able to make four steps. Um, there was always someone, you know, especially when it was three games, it was a lot easier to have a good three game set. So unfortunately never made it um, other than the youth challenge or the Pepsi tournament made it provincial. Awesome. Dave, how about you? Uh, my mom and dad bowled. My dad was pretty good. He was around 250 average. And there was a, a nice travel league in the city here um, 
they had like 16 teams and I would go with them every Sunday morning for years and all the proprietors that let me practice and it was awesome. So I, I really got into the game at a young age and got some good instruction. I had uh, Ian Cameron and a, a few other Jack Hales for you, you know, really big names in bowling helped me out and it, it really helped. And um, as far as four steps go, I had a guy named Mike Basto, who was actually at my center, who was ranked third all time as a, a bowler in Canada. And he was just unbeatable. So I was kind of in the shadows of him, but um, I probably didn't develop until, you know, 16, 17. And, and then got uh, a little more creative with my game, I would say, more than anything. I had some mentoring from Ian, Dan Thomas, a few other guys, and changed a lot in my game and it really helped that's so key as you know as a youth bowler and you're playing to have that right advice at the right time to you know make a key change or make a difference that you know sends you off doing something different and having success right it's it's super important for everybody yeah and you got to be prepared to learn that i mean you're either in or you're out and that's what i find about ybc these days a lot of them are out they don't want to be better yeah. they're just they're just there to be there Right, right at that 15 to 17 age group, right? It's uh, either they're going to go hard at it or, or they're just tailing off at that point. Mm -hmm. So well, I think it's so even younger, younger, 13, 14 now. Yeah. Yep. Right when they're done junior going into senior. It's okay. What's going to be the, what's going to be the deal here? Maybe they go into hockey. Maybe they yeah. do something else. Yeah. Hockey and bowling really don't mix because of, of when times are usually in Ontario anyways. Absolutely. Yeah, there's. I think that's everywhere. I think eventually you get into there is lots of tournaments available for bowling, and of course they're weekends, right? So the, you start going down that rabbit hole, and there starts to be every other weekend that you, you have something potentially. But you're right. If you if you're in, you got to be in. If you're if you're just on the fringe, then you can be on the fringe until you decide to be in, right? It's mm -hmm. it's not really a half halfer thing, right? If you want to be competitive. Now, Brenda, we have a note here that you got some feedback too at one point in time that uh, that. That probably made things adjust a little bit. Uh, yeah, I um, I know a couple of people on the podcast have talked about the Winter Games in I think it was 1983, and I was very fortunate to be invited to the camp uh, in Ontario. That's how we chose our team. Um, it was a wonderful experience, um, but definitely I was told at that point that unless I changed my style, I'd, I'd never make it in bowling. Um, you know, I was okay, but um, my style was a problem which I didn't really understand. So I came back and I worked with Ian Cameron, who um, Dave's already mentioned. And I didn't change my style. I just, I guess I just worked on my game a little bit more. And then that's kind of where, when I broke out a little bit after that. Um, and maybe that was my um, you know, incentive to do because of that feedback. So, sort of in a way, prove them wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. crazy to me that anyone would give that sort of feedback. You know, I mean, no, even in this game, you know, no matter how different anyone's sort of style could be, um, as long as you perfect it, you're going to do well. I mean, yeah. we, we, we've seen lots of people bowl, you know, bocce style. I mean, there's there was that that uh, the lady from, oh, I'm drawing her blank. Newfoundland, Carolyn Skeens. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The two-handed approach. Yeah. And like, you know, what, as, long as, as long as you practice, you put the time in and you perfect it, um, you could you could absolutely do well. I mean, there's certainly things that you could do to, you know, make it a little bit easier on you. But to 
to say that you're not going to go anywhere in this game unless you change your style, I, I find that, like, mind-blowing. Well, yeah. That's what Ian Cameron and Dan Thomas told me. If you're going to throw a hook ball, you'll never go anywhere. So I did. Over three years, I developed a backup ball. And, you know, three years later, I won CBC. Yeah, so totally. I'm going, okay, it worked. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But they, they actually told me, you'll never be a bowler if you throw a hook because you can't be that consistent. Now, to, to define a hook, was it a big hook, a small hook? Uh, it would probably move three or four boards. Oh, that's, that's not, not barely even a hook. It's still a hook, though. Because yeah. and you're talking about your wrist going, being able to go over the yeah. over the point where a backup can only go so far. That really makes sense. Yeah. That's yeah. what they were trying to, you know. That, that's crazy. Okay. They're just Adam. saying, in a general statement, that a hook, just in general, a hook will not be as successful overall as what a backup would be. No, they're saying it wouldn't be as consistent. Correct. And Right. I, I like that's and like I don't I don't want to get into like an argument about it, but like you know that that's totally fair if you're if you're you know teaching that to kids at the start, you know they're going along, and obviously it worked well for you. But Adam, how many backup games have you thrown in your life? Probably about ten or twelve. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> lots, lots in practice. Yeah, right? that, that's what I mean. I mean, Adam is like yeah. you know number one in the country. Okay, well, he's not, he's not I'm talking, four, I'm talking thirty years ago when wood pins, wood lanes, and the ball would move a mile. Mm -hmm. So you didn't have to throw aggressive, you didn't have to throw hard, but yeah. you were looking for the rotation on the ball to give you the pin action. And definitely I agree, the backup was way more effective on that. For sure. Left to right, a little bit of turn, maybe even, you know, three to uh, four boards. Three or four boards the other way. Was killing it. So, I mean, but the game has changed over the years with plastic pins, synthetic lanes. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, Certainly. for sure it has. What, um, where would you guys play league out of? Where did you play league as kids and where do you play league out of now? Uh, kind of a, a double We question. played at the same center. Uh, <laughs> is that, so is that where you two met? She was a senior and I was a peewee. <laughs> we, um, well, we played at Fleetway. We started at Fleetway. It was and Fleetway then, 40. It only had yeah, 40 Fleetway, lanes yeah. there. That's where we started. I know I moved to Center. He was out in Lambeth. Yeah, we moved to the farm and I, I went to Lambeth Sports Bowl, an eight lane center, but good yeah. scoring. Yeah. Um, and then still then, in the London zone, though. Yep. So the, it was on the London zone. Um, you want to know now where we move? <laughs> sure. Yeah, right now you don't well, know where you're born. Well, <laughs> well, the, well the, yeah. the problem is, is that a lot of the centers around town have closed, so we don't have a lot of choice. So London only has two centers now. Um, it has Fleetway and has Fairmont. Uh, we used to bowl in a place just outside here at St. Thomas, and it had a 12-lane center. Um, took new ownership before COVID, and that's where we bowled the competitive league. Um, but it's it, it it says it's opening, but we again September first, and we we still don't know. So four hundred thousand people. That's what we have. Yeah, so you don't have much. There's two centers. That's too bad. Two centers, and we only have one YBC. The Fleetway kicked out their YBC program a couple years about 2014. So we don't have um, a Y. We only have one YBC in London. That's crazy. Man. So that's pretty sad. And no, no major league to even be close to talking about. Yeah. Is that right? So no adult leagues or no competitive. Well, like, there's some leagues, leagues, but they're not. They're not, no comp not a competitive league, no. Right. But the one, the one we had in St. Thomas was anywhere from 175 to 260. So it, I mean, it would, 
again, that's what you need in order to have enough of people to have a league. Um, but at this point, I'm trying to get something going. And as I say, September 1st, and we don't know what we're doing yet. So, Right. Yeah. right. Are, are there other centers uh, close to proximity? Um, well, Ingersoll is 40 minutes. No, it's, it's 30, 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Woodstock's 40. But there, it's, again, nothing to write home about. Bases. When we played a Parkamall, we had some top shooters, right? Jimmy Thorpe and a few other great, oh, great Kerry, players. Oh, Kerry Snyder. Oh, Kerry, yeah. yeah he Can't forget him. There's the comment from Len, yeah. Fleetway <laughs> <laughs> close because of Snyder? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah. But Len did have a good question that, Kerry, you brought up. Was, uh, as kids, did was there cash tournaments for youth in Ontario when, when you came up? Is that something that was common down there or, or competitive no. you know, side tournaments? No, there, there wasn't. I mean, now there is. I mean, I think over the years, that's what we've been hopefully helped with being part of. But back then, there wasn't. Um, even at times, um, we, I know I was very fortunate to bowl in some adult competitive leagues when I was in YBC. But I know the one, and Dave was able to the one league, but the one league wouldn't let the YBCers in until afterwards, until after they graduated. They were very, you know, and yet we were trying to bring those kids along and see what was out there. Um, and that wasn't a cash tournament, but they definitely got to be part of the cash prizes. You know, that was instead of getting a trophy, you- In leagues. Yeah, yeah, in the leagues. Yeah. So, but there wasn't really cash tournaments for kids. No, but there was tons of bowlers, tons. And, and we had the men's major league on Thursday nights and it was incredible that um, the high averages there was, the scores, uh, we had a Monday night mixed major league that we played in for a lot of years. Yeah. And again, nice players, uh, good scoring house, 24 lanes. Uh, owners were really good to us, to everybody, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like back in the day, though. Yeah. Right. You had mentioned, you know, obviously in Cameron, Jim Thorpe, any other people stand out to you back in the day when you first started making the transition as in those, you know, Major mix oh, that, uh, yeah, yeah, a couple of Hall of Famers, Ralph Patero, Tino Patero, they they could Local, play. Yeah, Betty Lou Field for me. Yeah, yeah Jack Hales was um, Canadian president, and he was a friend also, even because I I played in at Lambeth, and that's where he coached. And uh, for Jack, he, Hale. he had a lot of connections. He was on the C five too. Yeah, and um, I would say he was he was a better motivating coach than he was a bowler but he still was a good player but there were there was all kinds i mean dan thomas who i talked about he could play the game and steve Sachs, all these guys average big could play yeah, good then, yeah. yep. and it, you know they played there was an inner city league where they played you know kitchener waterloo toronto a few of the other cities in between i mean it was awesome bowling I'd love to see that back again, but it's never going to happen. Would that be similar to like the interiors that BC has then? The, the interiors is more of a, oh, a, a tournament. tournament. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a weekend tournament, kind of like the open style in a sort of way. Well, these guys um, used to travel every weekend. So yeah. every Saturday, they every went Saturday to uh, afternoon at one o'clock. You'd have a home and away. So you'd go to Kitchener, which is an hour away, and you'd, you'd play them. And then the next week, you might go to Guelph, and then they might Fine. come back to your center and stuff. But it was a league, an actual league. Yeah, so five games, eight yeah. points, and three for totals overall. So forty-three points for the night. Kind of like the five-pin universe pro league. 
<laughs> except except yes. we don't travel. Yeah, in, in, in person. Yeah, in person. <laughs> and, in person. <laughs> and we do it and on nice. Sundays. And we yeah. do it on Sundays. Yeah. yeah. Huh. That's that's neat. I'd um, love to see something like that. Because in Edmonton, the youth have that traveling league very mm. similar. There's lots of places yeah. around the country that have something similar, um, you know, travel league that, that have that. But you're right. Yeah. It'd be cool to see, see something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Ontario is so rich, in southern Ontario specifically, right? So rich in the history and the, the people, the pioneers of the game. It's, you know, we're just barely tapping into it here doing this. Mm-hmm. Podcast sure. 111, there's so much history there. You look at the... Yeah. the yeah. yeah, yeah. There was a a league in Central Alberta that used to do that, but it wasn't it wasn't as uh, reoccurring as like every Saturday. But I think it was once a month, and it was um, seniors based, so the the seniors would go travel and play the local centers in Central Alberta, and they did that as a youth portion too. The YBC did that as well. I'd, I'd love to see that them do something like like that for adults too, but. I, I kind of tend to agree with David. Like, I, I'd love to see it. I just don't. I just don't see it happening. I mean, especially we, we won't be able to do it on Saturdays, right? I mean, there's almost no center that will take that on Saturdays at all anymore. And then you start. Then you start putting them to Sunday mornings. And I mean, we we are so loaded with tournaments and stuff already. It would be tough. It would be friggin' awesome to do unless yeah. we unless we started doing it like a Sunday night sort of thing instead. And you yeah. know, but uh, yeah. That would be it, it would be neat. So, do you, where do you think the transition happened? Did it transition to large cash tournaments, or did it transition to the association tournaments? Where do you think that that transition happened, Dave? Like, why did something like that die out? Um. Well, we had a, a really nice inner city traveling league too. So, within a half an hour of the city, sixteen teams every Sunday morning, nine thirty. But the problem was, if you bowled Masters, they wouldn't allow you bowl-offs because you could go to the other team captain and say, okay, we want to we want to roll off on another day. We can't make it Sunday morning because yeah. we got two or three guys bowling Masters. Oh, sorry, yeah. can't do it. So that started to really not sit well with the Master Bowlers that were playing tournaments. So you had to make a choice. What are you going to yeah. do? Are you going to play this league, which is great for practice? It really is because top shooters. Or are you going to play tournaments? Well, I'm here to play tournaments. Yeah. So took a back seat. I remember the one year I talked to the secretary. I said, okay, if I play this weekend, am I still going to win high average? Yes, you are. So I played the Saturday in Masters, shot like 1220 or something, decided not to go the Sunday, shot 1620 the next day. And then the secretary came up and said, oh, you're short five games, or you don't have high average. But you are going to win high five for the year. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But I I just think the number of bowlers, too, you just didn't have as many. I mean, at at one point, the ladies' league joined with the men's league just to keep the league going, you know? Uh, They just – I mean, unfortunately, that's what's happened with bowling. You just don't have the numbers to support that kind of stuff. And then now what we're finding, especially here, is that the centers are not here. Like, we may have some right. bowlers, but we yeah. we don't know where to go. So. Right. Well, how many centers do we close down in YBC? Yeah. We're program directors of three or four centers, and I think three have closed. Yeah. Wow. We hope not because of us. <laughs> <laughs> You're hoping the black cloud isn't following That's you right. guys? Yeah. 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 No, I think that 
it, like you said, it's a sign of the times. There's a lot of centers that have closed within even my part of the sport, right? So um, with your guys' added time, there, it's bound to happen. And at some point you hope it turns around, but it, it's tough when you have to go into a center and everybody remembers paying like two and a quarter for a game. Now you're paying $7 for a game. Like the, the prices are inflating just like everything else is. Yep. But a lot of people can't get that out of their out of their head. It's like, oh, it used to be two bucks. Well, it's not anymore. And you have to realize that it never will be. You have to you have to adjust to the business as well, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Pepsi's used to be a nickel. Yeah. I, I, I went to I went to Ed's on the weekend and bought some ten pin and it was seventy five dollars for the hour plus five dollars each for shoe rentals. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have fun? Yeah, we we did yeah for a gateway we're doing a silent auction item thing and they did two hours for up to 12 people two lanes and it was 300 dollars value right (laughs) two lanes for two hours was 300 dollars i do not feel bad about our prices in the least (laughs) i mean i will say the one thing over the years we've been very fortunate to be given um, practice time at places like with helping out with the YBC and stuff. Yeah. And I mean, it, that it didn't cost us money if it ever had. I mean, it would, you know, maybe that would deter us, but we've been very fortunate across the province to have been afforded that luxury. So mm-hmm. very thankful. Yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll definitely chat about some of those um, volunteer hours and those type of things you've done later, but let's chat a mm-hmm. bit about competitive side of things um on and let's start with some of those tournaments and, and the opens and the masters and stuff like that yep. but we'll, we'll start we'll start with the open um where did that success start to happen brenda you've had a little bit more success making provincials than dave we see here so but um you um that that must have been fun times and playing on teams so tell us a little bit about open experiences for yourself yeah, open well it's so and i really enjoy it actually dave hasn't played the tournament that's probably why he doesn't oh, okay. have me he okay. kind of picks and choose um chooses one but i've tried to play it every year i i like it i like the tournament um i love sherwood that's where it was except mm-hmm. for one year that i um we played in toronto but always love sherwood I love, second yeah i always love the format um but we weren't the strongest zone. And I mean, in Ontario, it, it's quite a big province. Um, you know, when I started, there was 24 zones. Um, you know, we, a number of times we made it to the finals, but unfortunately we, it was tough to go up against those strong zones like Hamilton and Central, Toronto. Um, so unfortunately, I mean, I came second twice in singles, but our team never won while I was on it officially um the one year i broke my arm and didn't get to finish or complete compete on the team they actually won which was wonderful so which was amazing because no poll five people yeah Yeah. right the team was telling me about that today so you guys you they played they didn't bring up an alternate they just played with the five and had you well well, they we only had nine nine ladies compete right so you had your mixed and you had your ladies team yeah. So I couldn't bowl. I, I probably shouldn't have done, I probably just should have gone as a cheerleader. But at the time I, I declined. Um, so they wouldn't let them pick anybody else in the zone. They won. But then the mixed team also won that year. So then going to the nationals, they're still only got five. 
um, they wanted to give them the second single or something yeah. like that, some runner-up single from a different zone. And they said, no, they said, you know, we made it here with five. We're going to go with five to the nationals. So. Were, you, were you not allowed to play at nationals because of, no, you didn't play no. at French or your no, arm was still? I, because I declined, I had canceled out of the tournament because of my arm. Like I broke my arm in January and I, I had to write, it was a great big thing. You had to write a letter. I had to send proof. I was um, suspended and then you get reinstated. It's, it's oh, just wow, a yeah. process. But because I did that, I couldn't be back into the, go back into the tournament as a coach or anything. Um, but my zone, they were wonderful. They fundraised and got me to go to Newfoundland because it was in Newfoundland that year. Oh, so I still got to go as a cheerleader wow. and stuff. So it was wonderful. I had a uniform. Um, so you're still part of the team. Yeah. yeah, so we're still part of the team. So that was very, very good. But that was the only time the ladies have ever won, um, I think, ever from our part of the province. So how, how did they do the national? They didn't. They didn't medal. Um, I think they did okay. They struggled a bit. I, I, I don't know whether it's good or bad, but I, I kind of got the sense that they were happy just to be there, you know, and to, and you know. Um, which is nice. I, I, I thought they might, I don't know. Sometimes I just thought it, as a team, they could have worked a little harder to maybe make it. Like, and they might not have won, but again, they did wonderful to make it. Huge, they, huge you know, cost for what yeah, they've done. Absolutely. Nobody could ever fathom that. Yeah, they, they did awesome. Wow. So it would have been nice, but I, um, but they didn't medal, but they uh, had a great time and, and that. Where so was the nationals were in Newfoundland? Who yeah, was on that? Who was on that team? Um, so it was uh, Brenda Davidson, uh, Jody Craig, um, Morgan Glover, um, uh, no, 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 she was on the next, um, uh, the girl from Windsor. Oh God, now you're. We're timing Carrie really on the side. I know, so I know, I know Carrie's working I, hard to get. I happen that. to have it if you can. Okay. Think of it. <laughs> well That's done, terrible. Bud. So Jody Craig, Brenda Davidson, Morgan Glover, Tammy Weaver, and Caitlin Menard. Yeah, Caitlin Menard. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, she was the one, the tall one I was thinking of. Yeah. So they and they did awesome. I mean, they, you know, and as I say, the mixed team one. Then you know that year too, um, Jim Thorpe was on that team, um, but they they did wonderful as well. So when they went to go to the nationals, they, they didn't have gold? any. Yeah, they won gold. The, the mixed, mixed team won gold. gold. Yeah. They won gold, but. Um, it was wonderful. It was nice that they took me. Um, but that's, and as I say, I came second twice um, in singles. But, um, Do you remember who you lost? They made the step like, I don't know, 100 times. Yeah, well, I was looking, actually, I looked at some stuff today. I lost once with a 321. So, oh, wow. To a wow. 326. And a 275 I lost. The year I came second, I lost to Brenda Walters. Um, the one year I shot a 275, I think she had a 355. And then I lost another Lewis, year. Marie, the one year wasn't in Hamilton. You know, it was Brenda one. Um, and then I lost to Lynn White one year. So. No, you lost to Laura Louise Marsh. Yeah. That's who you so. lost to. Yeah. So coming out of your zone, though, were you typically in the top three and mostly, I mean, 37 times going yeah. to provincials is a, is a good number. Um, yeah. <laughs> obviously yeah. a fantastic number, but mostly singles and, and on the ladies team? Yep, the ladies. Actually, I never made the mixed team until I broke my arm, um, but otherwise, it was always the ladies team. Nice, good for you. So, and and sometimes, I mean, to be fair and honest with all the other zones, um, sometimes we only had nine ladies. Um, I think there was one or two years we maybe only had five the first week. 
okay. and then kind of had to recruit people. So to be in all, all fair and honest, um, sometimes that's what happened. So. But as Steve says there, I mean, to make the step ladder and to get to that point, you had to beat 71 other ladies to, yep. to get 20, and you had 24 zones, which is Absolutely. a huge accomplishment. Yep. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. Fun. That, that's a crazy stat. That's 70, 71 singles. That's like, that's like our entire men's division and our entire ladies division all in one. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. And half the mix is almost our entire open. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I don't think everybody kind of realizes that in Ontario, that that's the way it was. I mean, we're down to 13 zones or we were the last time, but um, you know, it was 24 zones of three. So mm -hmm. And, and she has records. We both have records. Um, tournaments in the Opens, high score, most matches won, stuff like that. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, really tough to do. Yeah. There's always – I I, en I enjoyed that tournament. Yeah, um, she got up for that, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. It would be awesome cool to see a stat. I mean, like we've talked about this before on, on this, is, you know, 37 times what those number of games played were, you know, those – averages over time what was your scoring record over time i mean just for the stat nerds out there to dive into something like that would be yeah. just so cool to, to look at yeah I, I thought the 05 had something like that do they not well they um they have some like high five high eight that kind of okay. stuff for the open so for i do year. Uh, yeah I, well overall they do i hold wow. the record for high five 1605 in the open nice um I know the single, somebody once said about the stepladder that I had a fairly high average because of the times that I'd been in. And But I, I, 05 doesn't have that. I think that was somebody else that kept it separate. Okay. But definitely had some opportunities there. So, yep. So, how many times did you play in the stepladder? Well, that's what I, I can't remember. I think about nine. Okay. Now, on the on the harder question side, anything that or any advice that you pass along to people because you know you never won the stepladder, but you played mm -hmm. in it a lot of times, or is there anything from year to year that you would teach yourself or learn from yourself, or what kind of advice could you give to somebody for playing in the stepladder? Um, well, I think the biggest thing is is that that game goes by so quickly, you know, and it's. Um, I mean, I played a couple of years where it, it wasn't. You had to beat the first person twice. I think both years it was. Right. It was just a straight step ladder, so it goes by really fast. Uh, and I think part of it—I mean, I tend to be a fairly excitable bowler to begin with, so trying to calm myself down, take it easy. Um, I've been fortunate enough to coach a couple people in that tournament as well, and and same thing is just trying to keep focused, um, you know, one frame at a time, but just trying to slow things down because I, I I just remember your your ten frames are gone in no time. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Sure. And, and it's not like a, a skins type of a game where you can kind of reset yeah. either, right? After a yeah. frame and, and go with that, they can really get away from you really quick. It does, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and you can bowl well and still get beat, um, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. But it's, um, I think, just trying to slow yourself down for the, that, those 10 frames and see where you go. Yeah, you've gotten there. You've obviously bowled good enough yeah. to get there. You are good enough to get there. It's just... Now it's yep. step ladder time and sort of yep. turns into a different beast, if you will, right? Just to, to work your way up from five to four. I mean, there's enough tournaments and bracket systems. I mean, it's a it's a tough it's a tough goal yep. playing in matches like that. And they had a Calcutta there, which was which was good too, because you can make some nice cash, men's and ladies' side, right? So, you know, the higher up you qualify, the more money you get. 
a disclaimer here somewhere? Yeah, you, were, you were like super quick on that this time, Gary. They barely got that statement out. Uh, his it's eyes perfectly, perked up. It's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. Yeah, it is yeah. now burning out. Yeah. Yeah. No, that um, that's kind of neat, actually, that you speak about that. I didn't realize um, that those Calcutta situations would happen in like an open situation. Yeah. Yep, yep. They did for years. I love, Jack I love that. Jack Hills was the and he was pretty good at it. I love that idea for singles only, though, not for teams. Or did teams yeah. do a step ladder yeah. too? Just singles. and sometimes they might raffle off a package of a couple bowlers that just made the cut or whatever. But sometimes it was worth you know the fifty or seventy five dollars, and the person threw fifteen hundred, make the top ten, you get some money back. Yeah. In, in Alberta, we only have fifteen players for guys and girls. That's only thirty people total. We could totally do like a. a uh, a hidden underground online like silent auction. <laughs> we'll just do, totally do it. Bitcoin yeah, only. Yeah, you'd <laughs> have, to do, it, you have right. to do it for the fifteen, right? You'd have to do yeah, it for the, for the 15. fifteen. You couldn't. You couldn't do it for the five that make the stepladder, right? Yeah, we, we were yes. doing it ahead of time. But do I mean, it for that's, the whole thing. That's that's possible. Yeah. Or draw some sort of a raffle draw for like, ticket. It's bunch. a good thing Tim's not on here right now because Tim would be losing his mind. I hope the AGLC does not listen to our podcast. Yeah, there's nothing illegal and nothing underground happening. Yeah, sorry. Forget these, la- forget these last yeah. three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But how about Dave? You, um, Brenda mentioned earlier, you didn't. You made the choices to not play in the open as much, um, but still managed to make it a number of times out of your your zone. Tell yeah. us more about um, your well, open. Well, I, I started off in um, in another zone called Middlesex Elgin, and I was eighteen. I made the mixed team. It was cool. And I mean, we used to go down and watch as teenagers uh, before we were able to play, and it was such a great tournament. The fans like four or 500 people in, in the center and the parties after it was like crazy. We, we own two hotels right downtown Hamilton, hospitality rooms, party rooms. It was just quite an event. And, um, the second year I ended up, uh, qualifying first in my zone, starting off with seven, three hundreds consecutive. Nice. Then I threw a 240 and a 300 again. So it wasn't too bad. So I shot, <laughs> they were all low 300s, but I shot like 2950. So I qualified first, and I was really looking forward to it. And I just caved under the pressure when we got to provincials. But I learned from that experience. And um, then I moved to London. I didn't move to London, but the zone became London because that's where I was playing. And a lot of good shooters. And um, we just could never click. I, I would make the men's team, but never singles, fourth, fifth, or sixth. And um, our teams just never clicked, and it was sad. And then we, I moved back into Mid-Elgin when the zones readjusted. Played there for a couple of years and had some success. Never made singles again. Yeah, uh, only once. And um, But, again, it was, it was a better zone for me. A uh, bunch of guys on there. We had a great time bowling. But they started taking things away at the provincial level. We used to have a hospitality night where Molson would supply all the beer you could drink. And there was prizes for singles. You didn't win cash, but you won prizes. And if you were on the teams, even the top three would get prizes. You would get something. Gradually, they started taking everything away. 
and it became, okay, do I want to take, I was a shift worker at the hospital and do I really want to take the weekend off, which was always Easter weekend, lose all this money to get nothing, basically a trophy, a plaque. And it just didn't sit well with me. So I picked and choose when I played. Um, I made team singles first. No, you made I don't know. singles in 98 and then men's team in 2000. So singles 98, played really good. Picked 6, 8, 10, lost by 7 in the 10th. Adjusted didn't make a difference. And that's okay. It got- <laughs> sounds like that hasn't affected any, any thoughts. Like, yeah, that hasn't burned. No, it didn't. Yeah. yeah. It didn't. Yeah, rarely think about that one at all. Hey, but <laughs> but um, that's okay. I made it to the show. I was good. Okay. So then I really wanted to make it the singles and teams. So we made the singles and teams. And uh, we qualified fourth. And so we played three games. I shot three 300s and we ended up losing a micro in central Ontario. They had a dynamite team, Jeff Canham. I mean, awesome players. We did really well. And I said, I'm good. So I didn't play for 12 years. Oh. And the next time I played, I played with my wife. We both made the mixed team. Nice. <laughs> oh. That's awesome. And I never played again after that. So that was <laughs> we'll see. Yep. We'll see. Hmm. I, I, I like know. that attitude. The we'll, we'll see. I like yep. that. No. <laughs> no, we'll see. <laughs> I would have liked to play when Brenda was good because she was she was a force in the open. She would just be able to play that game. Yeah. Now I know the the podcast has had uh, some some pretty stellar you know players from Southern Ontario that that have come on in the past. Yep. Uh, more from what we'll call it like population rich zones that uh, that they've had you know s- significant success on teams yeah, yeah. Um, now for, from your standpoint I guess from from a, uh, a, a zone that, that really hadn't had a difficult time just to field teams uh, what was there a higher emphasis of going in to, to, to maybe try to qualify as a single or um, what did did almost force you not to play the event? No, no, I, I never. I, I always like playing the event. I like playing it regardless. I like the competition. Um, I love playing against the other teams. I love trying to be the spoiler, that kind of stuff. Um, but definitely understood my limitations. So, you know, probably the, I'd be disappointed if I didn't make singles because I, I felt that I had a better chance there. Um, but I'd still play. I wouldn't not play, I guess, because of that. But definitely there were some hot beds, you know, and then people made it year after year because they were in, you know, they were surrounded by a number of bowlers, not just one or two mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, we we probably had, you know, three, maybe four bowlers, but we really didn't have that, you know, five or six to kind of round out the team. And the other end, on my end, if we could have picked our team, we always had a good team. But there would all be one or two fringe players that got in there and it would hurt. It really would hurt yeah. because you're lo- loading up with Toronto and Hamilton, Hamilton especially. Yeah. I mean, all you know, huge averages plus home lanes. Remember, we always had it at the same location every year. So either sure. if you loved it, it was great, Mister Thorpe. If you didn't like it, <laughs> you don't know what it's like. And I loved yeah. it. I mean, I loved it. The sure. one, and the one year that we played at um, in Toronto. Um, and then recently we played in Ottawa, but otherwise it was at Sherwood for many, many years. But right? it was free fall. 
Yep. And then they went to strings. I had a lot more success on strings. Yep. Hmm. And now it was always Sherwood just because of the capacity and hotels. The capacity and, and central. You know, it was central yeah. in the province. I mean, uh, we went to Ottawa a couple of years ago, the 2019, the year before COVID. Um, and everybody had to go up there, which it is fine because they always come down here this way, right? But there was a bit of resistance with that. You know, with them going, they do have some bigger centers up there to, to host it, which is good. Um, but definitely there were some grumblings, you know, unfortunately, because as I say, they went to Hamilton every year. But Hamilton is, it was in the middle of the province, much easier for everybody to get to. So with that capacity issue or anything like that, and you said like kind of the grumblings with Ottawa, it, does that mean, or has there been talks that it might be moving towards Neb's Fun World if they can have host it because they have such uh, a large center? Well, that, that nice. <laughs> no, that was, uh, that was a plan for 2020. And my understanding now, I think everything is up in the air with going forward. We don't know what what will happen kind of thing. You know, it's yeah. tough with the centers being, you know, out of business for how many months um, as to what will happen. I mean, NEBS, I mean, I like NEBS because I think it's the nicest center in, in Canada from all the ones that I've, I've been um, at. Um, but I also understand it from the business side as well. So so I don't, I don't know. I don't know what will happen with the Open next year. Right. We may be looking at, like with the Masters, when the the Nationals, you go to different centers. You know, the tournament men go here, the you know tournament ladies go here. You may we may end up being that because we need at least twelve lanes for each division right. in our, our our province. And then you just run into a huge logistics issue for the host, mm -hmm. right? They gotta come up with. How are you going to transport all those all those players, all those different teams to different locations? It becomes right. a national in a provincial. Right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Timing and you know, especially for your singles and your teams. So we may have to rework how you run that tournament if we ever get it running again. So. A, a national is actually less work. I mean, realistically, yeah. There's yeah. teams for each division. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. crazy. Um. Before we go on, we're going to Masters here next, but I think something I want to you, you mentioned about competing still at provincials and wanting to play in that event and knowing that you only had three or four and the likelihood of a team not winning, but you mm -hmm. always wanted to play for the atmosphere, for the competition, for yourself mm -hmm. to compete against players. But then you said to be a spoiler, right? That does mean something for mm -hmm. sure is that, you know what, you're going to other teams have to earn yeah. their win. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. Um, so you're going to have to fight you know, Brenda Pankoff in order to get that, that point against London, yep. you know, region. We obviously have some weaker zones here in Alberta and somebody who comes to mind is a Bonnie McDonald guys, right? Yep. She, she yep. goes many, many times in her zone, knowing likelihood of the Northern ladies aren't necessarily going to compete against the powerhouses, but she loves playing in the event, loves yep. playing spoiler and loves the party side of things. Right. So it's, yep. it's something that she'll always play in. So I think that's something important for a lot of people out there is, don't stop playing because of the, you might not win play because you might not yeah. win and it's going to give you a new drive for something different. So it's cool. Did you say the party side? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've, ruined that too. they've ruined that too in Ontario because you oh. always need to get a morning or an afternoon off. And now it's like both, both singles, <laughs> both seven games and both eight games. So uh, everybody's dead. There's nobody partying. Yeah. Everybody's asleep. Right. Yeah. Well, our, ours yeah. is all day long. There is no mornings off yeah. or no afternoons off. You're you're stuck oh, at the center to. the whole time. Yeah, um, it's it's eight thirty in the morning till 
you know, 9.30 at night, and yeah. we, yeah. we, we yeah, still and that's what I was It's a miracle. Yeah. We still party. Yeah. <laughs> In our early days, we, we were still up late, late, late. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then how can you be sharp the next day? I mean, you either bowl or you party. You can't do both. Yeah. 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 Sorry, but easy, easy coach, Dave. Settle down. Yes, you can. <laughs> okay. I don't mind. There's a few. There's still a few that can. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we'll go on to Masters. Adam, you got some pretty cool stats there for Brenda. Yeah, but first, first I, I've got to throw Timmy under the bus. So I, I honestly didn't know that I was on until about, uh, what, 6.30, 6.35 today. Um, so I, I did uh, take a look at this a little bit late, but uh, I must say uh, just taking a look at these accomplishments for you, Brenda, in the Masters, uh, it gives me goosebumps to, to read all this. So hopefully I've got enough breath. Uh, but uh, we're, we're showing 41 years as a member. Uh, with 16 tournament master wins. Uh, three of those happen to be with Dave uh, in the mixed events in uh, 90, 94, and 2000. Uh, of those years, there's also 18 national appearances, 12 as a bowler, as well as six as a coach. Uh, six tournament uh, ladies team champions in 86, 88, 94, 98, 2001, and 2003. Uh, go along with that is a uh, tournament ladies singles champion, uh, victory in 2000. Uh, as well as a uh, tournament men's uh, team coaching champion in 2013, uh, as well as uh, two seniors team coaching champions uh, in uh, 2016 and 2019. And uh, one other stat, a 1983 tournament ladies team bronze medalist and 1989 tournament ladies team silver medalist and 2017 as coach. Wow, quite, the, uh, quite the list. Thank you. Where do we? Where do? Yeah. Where do you start with that master's record? Right. What? What highlights? What do you? What stands out for you when you think of you know your master's accomplishments, Brenda? Um, I think the number of times that I was fortunate enough to make it from Ontario, because again, Ontario is pretty tough province to make. Um, so I was very fortunate to do that. Um, I, I mean, my most special time was in two thousand, winning singles. Um, I know, Adam, I think you said that you have never played in your home province, but I've been fortunate enough a couple times to play and um, playing in my hometown was even more special. Wow. Right. And I mean, that was even uh, a year my mom had been diagnosed with a terminal brain tumor. So I knew she wouldn't be this would be the last time she saw me. So I think there was something extra on 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 with me that day but i was very fortunate to win um our kids ended up being the flag you know how they have the flag bearers yep. come in they both did that um in our awesome. hospitality room <laughs> <laughs> yes joe couldn't think of a better host <laughs> and then we rocked that place you ran out of booze <laughs> it was very good it the was. hotel gave us booze yeah <laughs> so it was very good uh, um over the years. And now I've, I guess I've been fortunate enough to be chosen as coach and have had some success with that as well. So um, it's nice. I mean, I, I love masters. I, um, I, I like the format. I mean, there you go. It's different than the open, right? You've got uh, five, you don't have a poll, um, but really you have, you know, five of the top ladies in the province, you know, yeah. uh, attending that. So, and it, I mean, I love the traveling I've done with it. Um, over the years, we've tried to um, see the country. And, you know, it's one of the things I keep telling my kids. We've been very fortunate to see the country uh, through five pin bowling. Yeah. 
I'm sure it makes a difference. I mean, obviously, as a couple, you're both bowlers, so you both understand, sure. you know, what the work, the effort, everything that goes into it. And it makes it sure mm -hmm. a lot easier if Brenda's playing in it and Dave's along for the ride and, and taking the family along, right? I mean, it sure makes sure makes well, it the, nice. The kids easy. are players, too, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. There's nobody better than I see than my son. And he quit at 12. He wanted to play hockey. Right. He still holds a Canadian record for Bantam score. High Ontario record, sorry. Ontario? Ontario record, yeah. Uh, yeah. High average at the Nationals. Didn't win because it's win-loss, right? It's not yeah. scored. Not but they both played the game. And, uh, yeah. you know, they when we when they were younger, they came with us everywhere we went. Yeah, so it was it was good. Yep. You're um, the sixth tournament ladies champions. That sort of stands out to me. Six time champion. That's uh, yep. I mean, six time gold medals is is pretty awesome. Yep. Um, any of those ones uh, stand out to you specifically? I mean, eighty six might be a few years ago. You may not remember yep. those ones, but how about yeah, two thousand three? No, well, eighty six right? was eighty six <laughs> was pretty special. Again, it yeah. was at Sherwood in, in uh, First one. Hamilton. Yeah. Um, I, and Connie Ward was on that team. Uh, it, um, I mean, and then I think she was just out of YBC, um, but it was wonderful. It, um, I know that year I went, I, I went undefeated in all my matches, um, but nice. I think the tournament men won that year. Um, Anna Schwartzman, I believe, won. And Rob McGregor, I think, came second to Tom Stevenson. So we, as a, a province, we had a, a lots of success that year as well. Um, but the the ladies in Ontario were always, I mean, they were always uh, very fierce competitors. So it was wonderful to be able to be part of those teams. Um, did you, with there being so many ladies, did you play with some of the same ladies on, on some of those teams? Or was it usually a mixed bag of what's well, different this year? I mean, Connie and Brenda and the different, um, you know, people, or did you have, did Ontario have consistency even still with, with so many people playing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think there was, but I, I guess, when I look at the 86, 88, I was probably in the, like with Sue um, Topping or Sue Wise, as she was known. So I played with her a couple of years. But then as I transitioned um, down, it would be Connie, it would be Brenda that I would have played with. Um, so there were different people, I'd say, every year, not necessarily the core group, but um, over the, because I spanned over those 17 years, there definitely was. You know, the, I, I think I, I was fortunate enough to bowl with some of the older ladies that were awesome. You know, the um, in Ontario, I think especially the early 80s, late 70s, there were some great ladies teams. So I was part, I, I got to be part of those with those women, but then I also got to be part of the newer generation too. Right. It was good. Yep. And it uh, looks like Kathy gave a shout out for uh, 2003. So was Kathy on that team for yes, that one? Yes, yeah. Yep, that right. was in uh, Gatineau. Yep. Yeah, nice. it was very good. It was it was awesome. Yep. Fun. Was, was there any ladies uh, that you particularly loved or hated to play against uh, at national level? Oh, in the other provinces? Yes. Yeah. Is there is there anybody that, that you loved? You know, having certain matches or uh, maybe somebody you had difficulty playing against. Um. No, I mean I, I love playing the Manitoba ladies. You know, Chris Monchak, Karen Armstrong, yeah. uh, Sandy um, yeah. Anderson. Love yep. being them. I mean, uh, Diane Violini, Jennifer Marshall, uh, Tracy Smith. Um, but then Helen Godmere. Helen Godmere. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, there, I, I mean, it was wonderful to see them and compete, be able to compete against them, right? Because they're so wonderful in their own products. Now, this might be another tough one, but with you being the spoiler in the open side of things, was there any rivalries that you would experience internally when you would go to play for the Masters? You know, like the like ladies that would be like, oh, Brenda, you just beat me and I don't want to play with you in, in Masters. Or was it just always like, great, we want you on the team now? Or, you know what I mean? Like, was there... A, a difference from the open to the masters within within Ontario? Hmm. I don't think so. I mean, there were some people that I would have, um, I, I mean, I guess you're fortunate enough to make that tournament. I don't think I'd ever say I didn't want to play with them. Yeah. I, I mean, I think there were some teams that was more difficult maybe because of the makeup of the team, but I would think you'd get that with anything, right? Yeah, any, any zone um, or any province has that. Yeah, yeah. So you just have to make do with that. But I, um, no, I don't. It, it probably makes it fun um, because you're always constantly playing them at the open and you're competing against them to finally get on a team with them, with them. knowing yep. they're, they're yeah. so good because you're constantly playing them all the time. And then you actually get to cheer them on instead of cheering right. really against them. That's right. right. Absolutely. The, again, the Bonnie, right? We, we relate to yeah. that here. Totally. She gets to be on the team now. Yeah. yeah. Even yeah. the Diane. I mean, she had success in the team too, but in the open. But. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think one of the things about the, um, what I really enjoyed um, is not just competing with them, but getting to know them. Because, you know, as you said, like, I mean, you, you compete against them. And, but then here you're together, but you're out socializing, you're, you're finding out, you know, where do they work? What do they do? What are their hobbies? So it was always kind of nice to see that aspect as well. Right. Total sense. And then um, a couple of times, and now you recently as coach, um, tournament men's coach champion in 2013. That's, uh, that's pretty neat, obviously, to get selected as a coach and for the, the strong men's side there. Oh, it is. And, yeah, and that was very awesome. Yeah. Who was on that team for 2013? A lot of us with yep. all those guys. Yeah, so they're both Torvalds, Bobby and uh, Mike Torval, um, uh, Ian McLean, Jeff Stevens, uh, Mark Goulet. Is that my five? That's your I five, get the yeah. five. That's, That's my five. five. Okay. <laughs> don't want don't to miss anybody. It was. I mean, they bowled awesome, incredible. That was the year that um, um, the flooding. The flood. Right, because we were supposed to go out yeah. early and. Had all that, but the guys pulled incredible. I mean, it was very cool. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was a, that was a crazy year. There was a lot of things moving from hotel to hotel, yeah. really wondering if we were going to have a nationals at all. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, that was a, that was a whirlwind weekend, but it was, yeah, it was fun. That was a good yeah. Where, where would you have played Chinook likely? Uh, or all over. Par uh, Paradise. Triple places. Paradise. Yeah. Uh, I think it was just those two. Yeah. It was good. And then we had the rodeo. Yeah, oh, the rodeo. That was good. Yep. Yeah, it was yep. really good. Yeah. Yep. It was a hot day. <laughs> well, it was, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. And then, uh, obviously, coaching the seniors then to a couple of uh, mm -hmm. champions there in 2016 and 19. Because seniors is a different format once you get to nationals, right? You're a POA. You're not it's a scratch. POA. So yeah, it's POA, but it's, you know, at the, at the end of the day, it's so, you know, um, I know that in 2016, like Jim Thorpe was on the team. And, you know, I said at the at, at the end of a, 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 you know, bowling, it still comes down to you whether you have to make the shot, whether it's a, you know, for a scratch or POA or whatever, you still have to make the shot. And you're the better bowler down there on the bottom trying to make the shots, right? So, I mean, I, I've enjoyed that as well. I, I've coached the teaching ladies and teaching men. Um, 
different format, but you still, at the end of the day, you still have to make that shot. So. Yeah. yeah. But coaching too means is, a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. The coaching side of it is so unique. I mean, especially obviously at, uh, in masters, you know, you have your tournament division and you know, there's, there is a little bit of coaching, but it's a lot of like team management, kind yep. of the same as the open. Whereas you, yep. you get into the teaching, the teaching is a lot of, a lot of actual coaching too, and team management, and then a lot of math. I mean, bowling is so much math already, and then you added the POA aspect. It's so much math to sit there and think about all those things going through. And yeah, yeah, I. But I, th I think I like it because I love math. Oh, totally. so I love I love keeping score. Like if you have a place that doesn't have um, electronic scoring, I love keeping score because I just like doing that with the numbers. So I find it fun doing that. Totally. Did Did you enjoy doing the teaching or the seniors more? Now I I feel like they're both different ball games. I mean, like I almost feel like the seniors would probably be more you know people management and you know <laughs> than, than, the, than the teaching side. But well, I I think with I mean the the both senior I, I and part of this might be the way that we qualify in Ontario because in Ontario for the seniors we qualify a lady scratch a lady POA a man scratch a man POA and then mm -hmm. uh, there's a wild card every year so. On each of the two t senior teams, there was somebody that's averaging 260, mm -hmm. definitely. On the um, when the teaching ladies, they, there was nobody that high. I mean, they were okay, but it, it uh, definitely wasn't that high. And then the teaching men, there was a bunch of them that had kind of higher averages than that. So it's a little bit different. I think each, you know, I, I and I think part of it was also the people that are on that team. Um, but the, the seniors is a, a little bit, I'd say it's a little different than teaching because I, I think because of the way we qualify those people. Yeah. We're, we're the same here in Alberta as well. Okay. Have, uh, it just depends on the numbers of entries we have for each division division, yeah. but, or the, the scratch side of the POA side. Yeah, but but, also, um, for the most part, it's usually two scratch, cool. three, three POA to qualify for sure. Yeah. That's, where, that's where, you know, Greg Gigliak and Tom Stevenson yep. and those guys have been. Yeah. Been there, yeah, able to make it. And I mean, that's, I, I made it once in 2012. Um, I think it was 2012, went to Newfoundland. Um, it was, I mean, it's wonderful. And, and we, I, I like playing the seniors here. Um, and here in Ontario, we're fortunate because I can play everything. I can play teaching tournament and seniors the way they've set it up. So we can play everything. Um, but I, I like the seniors. It's a little bit more laid back. There's, um, you know, respect for those bowlers that used to be good and maybe aren't so good now, but still want to compete. So is it the same in Ontario as it is in Alberta? Because Greg Giglick let me in on a secret. You guys get a sandwich break after yep. the game? That's, that's his favorite. <laughs> yes. Egg salads. Let's go. But, but in all fairness, that I mean, that was Greg. Greg Greg's company was sponsoring that. Four, four games, they'd stop, they'd have coffee, they'd have lunch, and they'd go back and do their four games. Yeah. Yeah, no, we don't do that. <laughs> I think this is a great time for some audience participation here, guys. Let's go. What is your favorite type of sandwich? Are we talking a turkey sandwich? Are we talking a roast beef? Are we talking a ham? What are we talking here? Oh, Excel. Let's get some. Let's get some comments in there. We just want to see the comments. We're not going to dwell on it, but let's see comments. What's your favorite sandwich? Is um, a hot Steve. dog a sandwich? Yes, hot dogs a sandwich. Um, wow. Steve Steve Barker asked a question there. Was that the year Sticks had back to back four hundreds? Um, Sticks. Let's start there. Who is Sticks? Is that Jim? Yeah, it's Thor always just Jeff Stevens. Jeff Stevens. Jeff Stevens. Okay. okay. 
Yeah, as I say, they were a powerhouse team that year, definitely. Yep. Yeah. So and it definitely I, was that year. Yep. Yeah. That was uh, they went to nationals. Nationals were in Vancouver. Sorry, yeah, they, were in, they were in Calgary. Yeah. Oh, right. We're talking yeah. Masters here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And Max, Jeff, Jeff had a four hundred three, four hundred eight, and three hundred two, three fifty. No way. In four games. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. What's that? What's I just that? say it made, it made my job easy. 14, <laughs> that's a fourteen hundred quad, hey? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Back to back four hundreds. I'm not sure if that's a very common thing. Anybody know? Somebody else has done back to back fours. Gino and Bruce for sure. I think it was in their match in uh, Regina the year Gino threw twenty six in a row. I think they right. shot back to back fours at each other. Is that right? Back to back. They both shot back to back fours at each other. Yeah. And Gino had the four fifty. <laughs> that's incredible well, Br Brenda lost a game or sorry Ontario used to have trip for two air, anywhere Canada plot flies for the yearly high game so she shot 448 the last tournament with a few games before the playdowns game and then Jason Procher shot 450 in the second oh. playdown game yeah. oh, wow. oh no way yeah. crazy <laughs> So, uh, well, and see, that was yeah. her high game. Yep. Yep. Yeah. How many matches have you ever seen four hundred over four hundred? Like I, I've, I've heard, I've heard of, of uh, you know Gino and Bruce. I've heard of that. And uh, didn't Timmy and and Miller have one at the autumn a few years yeah. back? But yeah, Tim and Mark Miller at the the year Tim won. Yeah. On Wednesday. On the Sunday afternoon. <laughs> well, no, Tim, was, Timmy won on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. If people don't know that story, um, unfortunately, the Autumn Open had um, yeah. some addition problems, and uh, Mark Miller was um, quick enough to catch it that uh, the champion was recrowned on Wednesday. So that's why we always give Tim a hard time about being a oh, Wednesday no. champion. Okay. Yeah. He's never won on a Sunday. No, never won on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there he is. Oh, hey, welcome to the show, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yes, yes. Nice. Um, and, and then, Dave, a uh, little footnote here. You had a master's experience, too. But that's that, the, the big one I see is three with Brenda for the mixed doubles. I want to know about what's the mixed doubles that you played in and you guys won together? Well, they have a, the first event of the year is always the mixed doubles for the tournament division. But the problem is, it was always provincial weekend. Baseball. For ball, so sometimes for baseball. I opted out to play baseball because we we're always looking to play, you know, win the provincials. But um, I mean, she would get us there with her score, and then it was uh, the playdowns, and we would just kind of light it up. We did really good for yeah. the years yeah, that we, we did played. Good. Yeah. But it was uh, five games, and then you went to sing single knockout or double knockout. Five games. Uh, Single knockout, double knockout. I can't remember. Yeah. But there was always minimum 48 teams or something. Yeah. Wow. So you, you play your own game, right? Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. combine your score, and your each five-game score would qualify you in the top 16, and then you would play double knockout. It was always double, double knockout. Yeah. yeah. And I won once with uh, Ian Cameron, yeah. actually, as well. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I was only six then. <laughs> <laughs> fun, to have little, fun to have little side games and side yeah. bots and, and stuff yeah. But, uh, Dave, you made a couple of national teams as well for, for Masters, uh, a national silver and a national bronze. Um, 
who was on those teams or what years were those? Do you recall? Um, well, same year I won CBC 89 Newfoundland and, um, Pederitis, great Pederitis was high average. And then me and Dale Strutt were nine and 10 and we got a solid bronze and we were very happy with that. And then we played in Calgary at Chinook. I think it was Chinook. Uh, Martin Talbot wasn't unable to play and I was the alternate. So I got in there, but there was, uh, Mike Bates, Terry Little, Mike Rowe, myself and who am i missing that's terrible jason procher so i mean <laughs> great team we ended up second and i think team. winnipeg just or the manitoba team just went crazy that year yeah. but again it was a hot fart hot fart there's a hot take for you Hashtag hot hearts. Hashtag yeah. hot hearts. <laughs> <laughs> great Love it. Love it. <laughs> but, uh, great experiences too. I mean, just be able to play with those guys. And uh, we had two great coaches, John Willick in 89 and uh, Brian Kay, legendary coach in Ontario, in uh, Calgary. It was good. A lot of fun. Tough to make yeah. it in Ontario with the men, though. It was just yeah. – yeah, did you play most years, or is that something they've been qualifying? Or no, did I played you... 26 years straight. You did, okay. Yeah. It's, just, it's just a tough – it's Ontario we're yeah. talking about here. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. It is because um, they didn't start drop. at some point, Ontario started dropping your worst set. But for a lot of years, it was just you bowled what you bowled. Six and, tournaments. Yep. Yeah. So if you had a bad tournament, I mean, you were in tough. You really had to go crazy. Well, you remember we were talking 120, 130 people bowling. Yeah. Men. Totally. The first year I bowled, there was 133. It was like 86. It was craziness. I couldn't believe the amount of people bowling. And to six tournaments, too, that and yep. all six counted. Yeah. To yep. get to the top six. I mean, you were talking yep. earned for that year, for sure. Yeah. So there was a lot of times when, well, there would be some elite players like Fraser and Ian that would make it quite a bit. But there would always be two or three players that just had a really good year. And they're top-notch bowlers too, but it was yeah. impossible to have that kind of streak like like some people have. <laughs> the old fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, the age-old question, and I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but uh, Masters are open. Which is uh, the favorite? Masters by far. Masters. Because you because there's no polls and you got to play as a team and it's the provincial team and you earn your spot is that sort of the? Well, I mean, yeah. I think the, the the caliber of play is better in the Masters just because of where you're pulling from. You're pulling, you know, you know, five of those ladies from Ontario or men kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. different different format. Mind you, I, I, the Open I'd love to play because it is different. You know. Yeah. It isn't that, you know, in the same way as um, somebody had mentioned once about the national classified tournament, Yeah. you know, different format. That'd be awesome to win just because it's different. Right. Yeah, totally. But definitely one over the other would be masters. Yeah. yeah it's a kind of a, a dividing question between all the guests we've ever had. I, it's definitely not a majority one way or the other, which is kind of neat. I think that gives both events their their niche right like you mm -hmm. said the open is super unique because you got the pull system 
and the Masters is unique because, like you said, you you are playing with players that you usually don't play with, so that adds a uniqueness to in of itself, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I always find the answer from the guests is usually kind of where their success lies as yeah. well, though, right? Yeah. yeah. But I always love hearing the answers. Um, but I, I would think because you're in a smaller zone, your chance to make the Open Nationals are a lot better than making Masters Nationals. At least for us in Ontario, hugely different. In a smaller zone, I mean, I mean, I would think in a smaller zone, your chances of making nationals would be way tougher. Well, you get a lot more tries at it, right? Yeah. So your percentage yeah. is yeah. Yeah. better. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. As a single, perhaps there's a team. You mean, yeah. And if you have that that same group over and over and over, since Central here, right? It's kind of that that same you know eight ten guys that are usually making that team, and they're very successful because they do play with each other year after year, right? Mm -hmm. I understand that. Yep. Yeah. Dave, you had mentioned earlier about uh, the '89 CBC winner. That's a that's a big standout on your your resume for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's would that be your you know in your way one of the one of the big big tickets oh, on it. your resume? Yeah, that's it. For, that's I knew it. I knew when I got my chance, I, I had to win that because it's so tough getting out of Ontario. 133 people, yeah. one person moved on. So was it a 10 game qualifier? 15, I mean, that's 15 game qualifier. So qualifiers, 15 games out of Ontario, 133 yeah. people, one guy moves on. Yeah, plus the Open champion, which was Ian Cameron that year. Oh, okay. Okay. Do you remember yeah. what you would have qualified to get, to make it out of Ontario there? Well, she was leading after five games. And then I shot 29.50 and then uh, just under 1,400 for my next five. And uh, and that, that was good. And then after that, Things were a little easier because you're playing one guy one game. You're not playing 133 people. Yeah. 15 games. Totally. And um, and it was live. It was back when CBC was live. Oh, you had the you had the light system. Everything. I caught a fly live on TV and killed it <laughs> on the approach. No way. I want to see this. Where's this clip, everybody? Where is it? Go in the archive. How do you do that? I know. Way. Can you teach me? Do I need chop like chopsticks? Yeah, no, we're here. Grab them, put them down, stepped on. Uh, and they got a chop off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would have taken a chop off. <laughs> but um, it was a it was a in Ontario at Plantation Lanes, one of my favorite places. Uh, hard hard throwers there died a slow death. It, there was just so many corner pins. I've done a lot of practicing, and I asked a lot of people, and I thank them all from my area to come out and play five games with me, but we're going to play TV style every time we play. And it really helped prepare. Smart. And, and mentally, I was so focused. I pulled a lot of games out at the end. But, again, you're playing one guy. Ten frames. Game's not original ten frames. And uh, – I was really happy that I pulled it out because I, I figured that was my only chance. <laughs> if I'm ever going to win this, it's going to be now. Yeah. And the next year I played Mark Jackson right out of the gate, and I think he shot 333 and just never opened. He just killed me dead. I, I shot 260. And respectable, but Mark really had it going on. Yeah, Mark Mark's, uh, was a always there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, top, top notch yeah. player. 
Yeah. Is he still playing? Exploded. No. No. Not to my knowledge. No. no. Uh, I think he's Mark Jackson. We're talking about. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. He's out in Nova Scotia, I believe. And oh, really, uh, he had back issues uh, oh, when man. he was working for Air Canada and stuff like that. So he he cut his bowling career short. We did an APB for Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson, yeah. if you're out there, get a hold of Five Pin Universe. We're trying, we're trying to reach you. We've been trying to track him down. Yeah, for a while. we've had a few of us try to track him down and got numbers, but he won't respond to us. So maybe it's <laughs> we did a send him a hat. Yeah. The year I won was actually the first year that they didn't have a sponsor, so the bowling proprietor sponsored it. Right, right, because they had Labats before that. Um, I don't even know. If, I think they might have had OB before that, maybe. So you could tell by then it was starting to actually decline a little bit. It lasted another, what, six or seven years probably. Yeah. That was the end of that. But that was it. That was the tournament you wanted to win, right? That's where the cash was. Yeah. Right? And it was 25000 back in the 80s. Wow. And it was the TV. Like, I'm going to be on TV. And, of course, exactly. Saturday mornings you'd wake up and you'd watch bowling on TV and you'd see all your, you know, heroes and guys you look up to that are playing on there. But, like, I want to be on TV. That's that's the one you wanted to play for every well, year, too. Afternoon in Ontario. Yeah, when was the last year? It must have went right to about 2000. Because well, I, I remember well, playing they, it, uh, changed just the format, they changed the format. They changed the money well before then, though. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's I right. Because then they had a ladies' division, and it was the ladies. And, ladies yeah. went for a couple of years. I was on the first year of ladies. Okay. I'd say O two, O two, O three, somewhere in there. I feel like there was a few more. Well, yeah. I think CBC in ninety after. Yeah, I think it was two thousand one. Switched over to TSN. TSN pins game right. then transitioned to TSN Championship Bowling or or oh, whatever right. the but transition. Then there was, was a CBC Bowling too for women. Or TSN was it? No, it wasn't TSN. It was yeah. CBC. No, no yeah. CBCs did have have the the different for sure the different categories, different divisions. Yeah. <laughs> All I know is when I was like, yeah. when I was in grade six, they asked me what I wanted. Like they did a little a little form thing, and it was like, "What do you want to do when you grow up?" And I said, "I wanted to be on CBCs." And I was ten. <laughs> I was I was I was ten 100%. years old. 10 years old and that was so that would have been like 97 98 somewhere around there so yeah. it must have still been around then so yeah yeah, yeah. but it was you know, ernie ernie afghanis calling the shots and then they do, oh, yeah. they cut out yeah. to the hockey scores which is always you know six five boston over toronto <laughs> Things yeah that's the, old, the old school hockey yeah. yeah are we talking about playoffs here because that's what it sounds like <laughs> So it was, you're qualifying for the CBCs back then. It was just 15 games straight, 15 games? Cause I, it was 10, I, it was, 10 it was, and you made a cut. 10, it was. Okay, yeah, because we had oh. the same thing. And I think it was anybody within 300 pins or, or 100 pins or so, something like that. No, they, we they had a number, a number, like the top 20 or something went on. Yeah. Whatever it was, twenty four. We did that here in Alberta, Adam. Did you say? Yeah, that, that, for some reason, I, I think it was like top ten, and then anybody else within an, a certain number of the leader, or, or some, something along those lines, ended up making it into the next cut for the final five. I can't, I can't remember what the format was, so we we needed Don Sim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Brenda, one year we were playing in Cambridge, and. She was leading, and another guy came up, 
threw a strike, picked the ball off the rack, threw a strike, threw another strike, he he by 12. No, by one. Oh, by, by one. one. He thought For he had lost. The, the, yeah. the show. He thought he had lost. So he just got up in the 10th and, and threw, threw three balls. balls and three strikes and I'm not going to mention any names. I'm out of like out of luck. <laughs> and you were and you were in second then, Brenda. Yeah, I ended up second by one. Well, and that, she, was, that was when she it was, was done. We knew what he needed, but he didn't know. He didn't know, and he's just getting up yeah. and going. And you're probably yeah. thinking, like, what is this guy doing? Like, what, yeah. dude? Think yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> no idea. Yeah, it was probably better he didn't think, right? Oh, so he for sure. On, he shot one eighty on TV. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Um, keeping on, we'll go back to Brenda and your TV stuff, but keeping on Dave here, um, another highlight is obviously perfect game in 2004. Uh, at any time when you get on a run, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever it is, you start to get excited a little bit. But throwing a perfect game is something special too. So where did that one take place for you? Um, I was so stiff I couldn't move that day. <laughs> we had played a you know, big tournament baseball all weekend. I couldn't move. I came up there, the first two practice balls had barely come out of my hand. Started off on a double. Everything's all good. A few more started getting a little looser. Where was it? At Fleetway, our home okay. center where we coached YBC and uh, yeah, and everything else. Well, they had Special Olympics bowling next to us. So after the ninth strike, I went up to the girl that was in charge of everyone. I said, please, do you mind if you'd not put anyone up there let me finish this one frame. Okay, I got you, sir. I go up through the 10th front. 10th one, the guy comes running in front of me on my lane. He's going like this. I'm giving you a high five. <laughs> right? Yeah. All right. I just, you know, calm down. It took me about another minute to throw that ball through the 11th. Again, I'm looking around to see if anybody else is coming. 12th <laughs> one, money right there. And uh, I was just glad it worked out that way because I would not have been impressed. <laughs> it was just a weird circumstance. When you go up to the person in charge, please yeah. take these people away from the lane beside me yeah. for one frame. Yeah. yeah, They couldn't control them. That's all. No. It was funny. Yep. Exciting moment for them probably. And were you there for the rest of it? You watched it and you had a whole crowd at league night type of thing? Well, we had our 24 yeah, league. People. That's all yep. it was. Yeah. 24 league. I, I think my dad was there, which was cool. Yeah. Um, but I had thrown one uh, a little bit earlier with the manager there bowling off. So okay. <laughs> it didn't count. Yeah, it doesn't right. count pre bowl, but it it counts in my mind because he was there with me bowling the whole game. Mm -hmm. But uh, to have a sanctioned one was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Uh, and then a fun little one uh, KG open scoring record for the triples. So was that uh, obviously KG Open had the triples event on a Friday night? Used to have. Yeah, I don't remember. I think yeah. it, I think it was a Friday. It was me, uh, Jason Procher, and Dale Strutt, and those guys shot nine and change. I probably hit the pocket more of them, but I couldn't get a strike, so I shot my seven fifty, and they went crazy. And but I also played the uh, the thousand dollar event there too. The invitational and, uh, ended up uh, semi finalist. Okay, nice, oh, nice. I needed to. Uh, Bag out in the tent to beat Pizzy and threw the first one and then drove through and that was the end of that. Yeah. But uh, that was that was times, the big one. That was the big one back in the day, right? Was the KG you know, yeah, uh, to get to play in that. I mean, that was I remember my first couple of years of watching this. What is going on here? This is big time. Yeah. Right. Well, me and Strutt decided one of us was going to play. So we're five hundred each. And he said, You're playing better. I said, I am playing better. And 
went out and played, but our plane got delayed the night before in Winnipeg, minus 29. There were six of us, me and Sean McGee, Bernie Menard, uh, Dave Secord, a couple other from Northern Ontario. We ended up going to the Winnipeg Jets game that night. We came back to the hotel, and they said, oh, here's a $75 voucher to spend in booze and food. So guess what we did? <laughs> we got on a 9 a.m. flight. Uh, we landed in Saskatoon. We got to the hotel at 10. Your room isn't ready. So I slept in the lobby. Oh, boy. Wow. And then, and then went to practice about noon, and we started at 1. And I was just happy to do what yeah. what happened because there was no sleep. How do you always get delayed in Winnipeg? Every year, I think we can all tell a story about getting delayed in Winnipeg or being stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I've been hearing it for generations in my family, too. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice to see the old Winnipeg Arena, though, once. Yeah. We hadn't planned on it. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, Brenda, how about you? You get uh, three or four TSN experiences. That's, uh, yeah. that's, that's pretty fun. And obviously, like we talked about, being on TV um at that time was was what everybody wanted to do but how did the, how'd those go for you i think maybe once maybe twice made it past the first round or first uh match sorry um but i i mean i was out in calgary i think twice for them um at least twice mm -hmm. um and again it's what as i said about the singles those 10 frames go so quickly kind of totally different format you know and is it totally. yeah different you know you're um Pins game style, so that was kind of tough too. But but enjoyed it, enjoyed the competition. I think I played Bonnie once. Yeah, you I, think did. I played her once. So yeah, it was good. It would have been nice to have more success. I I had I know the the first CBC one that was ladies. I did well. I think I I played very well my first game and my second game, but lost my second game. So. Mm -hmm. I'm very impressed by both of your memories, like you and each other too. Like Dave, you know Brenda's record. Like you, yeah. like it's. Oh, she's incredible to watch. I mean, I'm her biggest fan. Love I mean, it. especially at the open, I used to just sit back in the bleachers and say, "Go, Brenda, go," and then the whole zone, "Go, Brenda, go," because yeah. there would be lots of bleachers there, tons of fans. You wouldn't believe. I mean, Kerry Snyder came down and seen the open before its day, and he said, "This is nothing like I've ever seen." And we used to have like three times of more fans in there. Yeah, cause just because we had so many zones, right? We had 24 yeah. zones of, you know. 24 zones and you had 48 lanes and it was rocking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, let's go to some of the coaching volunteer sites. I know that's a big part of what you guys do now is, is give back. And you talked mm -hmm. about being part of numerous YBC programs and and whatnot so that's just amazing that um, not only on, on the lanes contributing but off the lanes and on the side and doing uh, all the coaching so thank you so much for the give back on that side of things but um you've just always wanted to be coaches as well I mean obviously your your kids have played but uh and then committed to all different age groups or where did that bug kind of just wanted to always be on the lanes where did the coaching yeah. come from well actually I started in YBC uh, probably around age 16. Um, the program director at the time was Ron Dan, and uh, he just encouraged me to come out and coach the younger kids. And I think over the years, that's what we tried to do with a lot of the seniors, is we tried to get them involved. Um, the Peewees especially, they loved having the kids, you know, on the lanes. Um, and at that point, they're teaching them a lot of basics, you know, looking at your spot, where do you stand, 
Um, so I think it was good for the seniors as well. Um, and that was even before the, um, the high school. I don't know whether you guys have it out there, but the high schoolers have to get so many volunteer hours in. Um, so once that happened, there was a lot more kids to kind of pull from. But um, because I'd started so young, I just tried to make sure that the seniors were always part of that as well. So. Yeah, that's awesome. We, do, we don't have that program out here. That's that's nope. uh, that's neither. They have that. That's cool. Yeah, no, they have that's to have so many license. hours to uh, to graduate from high school. Interesting. Mm. Volunteer service. Service. Yeah. Community service. Yeah. So we'd have we a bunch of community service, but we have community service, but just in a different reason. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's what a friend told me. <laughs> friend. But it, was a lot, it was a lot of fun, though, too, because you could see those kids develop over the years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of them were committed back then. I mean, we're talking, again, you know, early years, 90s or whatever. Yeah. And, I mean, kids wanted to play, and they wanted to be good. And, you know, we were there to get them to that next step, not just basic, but – we would be able to carry them as far as they wanted to yeah. go. And we, and we had a lot of success doing yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, we'd encourage them. We'd, we'd talk to the proprietors, made sure they had kind of free practice. Yep. And, and we, we would go and practice two or three times yeah. a week and say, hey, if you want to come out, we're yeah. coming too. Yeah. yeah. Any of those kids that, um, like some of the names you want to share with us that you'd, you've sort of mentored along the way that uh, you toot your horn a little bit that we would know on the competitive side of things? Um, well, Caitlin Hewitt, she was, um, the, well, I guess, one of the last ones we had out of Fleetway. Um, she won the Bantam um, Girls uh, Four Steps. Um, Jordan Banks is someone recently, um, he, he ended up winning the Four Steps and then because of COVID couldn't go. Uh, but he had some success at the Youth Challenge as well. Um, some of the Youth Challenge, uh, some of our kids made the national team yeah. there as well. Um, I don't think we've we've had anybody win singles in Ontario. Well, Darren and Brian. Darren, Darren, well, Darren, <laughs> oh, well, Darren, Darren, our son met won singles um, and played out in um, Newfoundland. He actually played against uh, Parker Anderson, oh, okay. uh, Shane Berry, mm -hmm. okay, yep. and Adam Goose. He was uh, at yeah. the same Bantam, Bantam year. I know that I think those three still play. I've seen Parker's name and I've seen Shane's name. Yeah, uh, sure. We um, played Adam at Nationals here not too long ago. Yep, yep. So he he played the year they were out um, there. Um, but as I say, Caitlin Hewitt, she's not family, but she's one of the ones that made it as well. So, yeah. I got to put this in. Darren shot 203 as a peewee with no bumpers. One-handed. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Nice. And, like, but he would just go up there and bowl, bowl, bowl. Yeah. And we were there three, four times a week, so you just bowl, bowl, yep. bowl. I think that's what happens with the kids program. That's why we tried to get the kids out practicing, right? Because that's what made them better, you know, getting them out and, and being there for them to help with any yeah. things. But we're going out to practice too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You got to practice. Yeah. So and if, practice. They're, if they're out there, they often want to, if you wanted to try something with them, um, change their foot position or their steps or that it was a lot better to do than during league play because they didn't want to do it because it might hurt their average or something. So it was a lot better to go out afterwards. Yep. Did you ever tell them not to play a hook? <laughs> <laughs> Never, ever. <laughs> well, my, my key was, especially if they're just developing, bend down, follow through. 
Because yeah. a lot of kids don't bend down. They don't use that knee. So they can't be square at the line. They're going to be hunched over or in a different position. Once they got that down, then they could, you know, work on other things. Yeah. And then obviously uh, Steve mentioned, you know, huge builder of the bowling school in Ontario. That's uh, that's, you know, program coordinator says for X years. So you've, you've done that a little while here. Yeah, I did, it, I did it for a few years. Yeah. I think the, um, well, Kathy Deku from Saskatchewan and Claudina Sula, um, they're the ones that developed it. And I think the second year they both ended up having surgery. Um, so I ended up having to jump in there pretty quick and, and do some things, but uh, definitely, I, I think I was a pro at one point. I was a curriculum coordinator. Um, might have been an instructor even at the time, at one point as well. But um, yeah, that was always a, a great time, great experience, uh, great exposure for our kids, definitely. I mean, having that bowling school, I mean, we've talked about this many times going through the Saskatchewan Bowling School, the Ontario Bowling School, Alberta's had one. I mean, just to mm -hmm. have something like that for these kids to go to and quality ones for all these kids to go to is so important for their development. So right. good on you for, you know, organizing and helping and building it and coaching and doing everything you do for the, the bowling school. So mm, Thanks. Yeah. Well, I, I, I say I, I enjoy it. So, and Tom, I even came, went out once to Tom's school. He invited me out there, out to Saskatchewan. That was fun. Hmm. Nice. Um, then obviously masters uh, on the volunteer side of things, yep. Um, yep. you know, on the board of directors for the master's association you pr president and the vice president you know that's some that's some serious give back time to the volunteer side yeah. of thing brenda so yeah yeah well no, as i say th that's been my i guess my outlet or my uh, volunteering yeah just through that yeah. and uh, and president of the o5 now uh, was it the o5 and the middlesex or what yeah, are it's you middle, middlesex middlesex elgin is our local zone so yeah. i'm just president of the local zone Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. So gotcha. I like to stay involved, and it, I mean, and bowling's been so good to us over the years. So it's my one way to give back. So yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And being the uh, the currently the Hall of Fame chair, there's been lots of chatter about the O5 Hall of Fame and and the criteria and all the the people coming in. And I think you do it the best out of anybody is is having that Hall of Fame there, right? So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's what the the C5 tried to model it on. Yeah. Um, I think they're moving towards that. I think the first couple of years they didn't, but they, um, and again, I, it's not my, I'm kind of late on the game, but the people that have built that criteria, I, I, you know, I applaud their efforts to try and uh, take a look at the bowling resume across the board, you know, not just from the uh, C5 perspective, but masters, open play, uh, turn, you know, cash tournaments and that, um, and then take all those into consideration. Yeah, it's definitely you know recognizing the right people that should be should be in. It's it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. I mean, being on that chair and accepting the criteria, or how do you make decision? I mean, it's um, it's there's some work because whoever you select. I mean, you look at the baseball or you look at the hockey, the Hall of Fames. There's mm -hmm. well, why did that person get in and not this person? Yeah. Right? It's yeah. uh, it's you open yourself up for sure. Yeah, especially Absolutely. when you're a, you're a hundred years into the sport, right? And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden the Hall of Fame starts, and you gotta. You got to bring in those ones that were such great players. That's right. Let's say 75 years ago. Like, how do you compare them to what you have now? So it's definitely a balancing act. And mm -hmm. obviously, they're doing a great job because they got a Hall of Fame and they're doing something, right? So, mm -hmm. yep. 
And obviously, speaking of Hall of Fame, Brenda, that's um, you were inducted in 2013 into the O5 Hall of Fame. Pretty, pretty great accomplishment. Obviously, easy to see why with your with your stats. Um, but what did that ceremony or what did that um, you know receive that looking like for yourself? Um, well, it, it was pre it's pretty special the way um, uh, Walter Heaney does speeches. He gathers this information, has a slideshow. It's a pretty awesome presentation that happens. Um, it's an evening, there's a meal, and then the presentation. So, uh, And to be amongst all the other bowlers and the elite and the other Hall of Fame members, it, it's a pretty special night, that's for sure. That's fun. How many, uh, how many people are in the Hall of Fame? Oh, good. Now you're going to ask me that. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, I don't know my numbers off heart. I should. That's okay. Um, there, we, I mean, we have builders, bowlers, uh, players, sorry, players, builders, and legends. Um, we have in ours, and it's been going on for quite a while. Initially, it was part of the bowlers of the industry, and then over the years has developed into what it is now. Um, so we definitely have a good list of people. I, I, I did have the number. I know, um, but I, I, sorry, I can't How many it. do you induct each year? Uh, it, sometimes it changes, but it's, um, I think the last year, the, uh, nine it was. So I think between seven and nine is the number. It's, it's changed over the years. Um, but we did four bowlers, two builders, and a, no, three builders and a legend the last time. Uh, Sometimes, depending on the year, depending on who's up, um, who we've kind of selected, um, we'll make a point of saying, well, we really think we should have an extra one, um, especially if they're legends and there may be some of them may be deceased already that, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. some of those are the factors at play. But it's generally between seven and nine or has been in my experience over the last number of years. So does 236 sound right? 236 sound <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah, I think I they are members. Wow. Yeah, I just, I just pulled it off the website and threw it in yeah. Excel so I because I can't count that fast. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and, and some awesome. of them are dual inductees, so some of them may have been bowlers that excelled at the game and then have gone back yeah. to give uh, gotcha. something like uh, Fra like Fraser Hamley and Ian Cameron are both dual inductees as well as Walter Heaney. So, okay. Yeah. And do you, do you earn, what do you get for it? I mean, obviously a plaque and a certificate. You, and a you get a, you get a you lovely get? ring. It's a lovely oh, ring yeah. you get. And then when you're a dual inductee, you can either get, uh, I think, a stone on that or you can get a plaque or something. But uh, it's a, a lovely ring you get. Right. Awesome. And Steve, that, do you do inductions every two years? Is that what you... Uh, it generally yeah. is every two years, yes. Okay. okay. So that's why there yes. can be seven every two years, isn't, isn't yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. Right. Yeah. And so with the committee kind of, as you say, the form, you may have seen it on the C5 site, but that's generally what our form is. And the committee is a, a committee of 11 and we go through applications. People are, they're submitted. We review them. You know, I guess there is some bias always as to um, personal bias each. But again, there's 11 people on this committee that's making those choices. It's not just not just myself. So. Right. Yeah, that's, that's good for sure. Excellent. Robust, and you have to be, especially when you're inducting, you know, mm -hmm. people into a Hall of Fame. It's not something you can take lightly, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and Dave, a uh, couple of fun things here. You coached a couple of guys in the Masters singles, um, Bobby Toroville and Cody Laycock. So, oh yeah, they beat Alberta guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Tim's not too happy. Where's Tim? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been a Sunday. 
<laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> it was a Saturday always because the bank was Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. well, the two times yep. it was. So. Yep. Yeah. So were you right down I mean, in the good players, good players, great players. Bobby playing Schultz down in desperate needs, desperate times come through. Cody, same thing. I think. Uh, what did he get shot against him? Three seventy yeah, in the first game yeah. or something. Tim shot a big. So Cody was a Cody was first qualifier. Yes. No second. No. No. I, Tim was I'm, Tim was high. Tim was high. Wasn't was he? High? But it's two out of three, right, Masters? Uh, oh no 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 yeah, Tim, right. Tim Tim wasn't Tim was second because he tied well, was he, he tied okay. with Tyson Nelson. He tied with him oh, okay. and they had a roll off to see. Okay. Yeah, they faced each other first. I'm okay. pretty sure. And then ninety like percent. Um, <laughs> yeah, he I should did. know. <laughs> I, I was there, and he is my brother. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, we did so a timeout after that first game, and we were granted one. And luckily enough, uh, Cody kind of found out what he was doing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, threw a lot of strikes after that. A lot of fun down there in the pit, though. Is it always Masters is best two out of three? Is it? Uh, yeah, first one to win two. Yeah. First one to win two. First one to win two, and even even all the step ladder, like fifth place, fourth, fourth place, third, no, or just in the top three. Top three. Top three. Top three. So just yeah. third place, second, and still a yeah, best two out of three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See, I'm learning all these things, hey, guys? They keep getting me around. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not a master's guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, uh, I was in kind of in the pit with Mike Rowe, too, when he won, but I didn't have my level two, so I couldn't officially be down there. Right, yeah. right. And same with Brenda. When she won, I was there, but officially not her coach yeah. because so I wasn't I, yeah. level two. And I think that's why he went and got his level two so that he could be. And I'll be right. there because that's other criteria. So, yeah. so, so it wasn't true. like in tennis where you're in the stands giving hand signals. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. So, so was, what are you doing? Yeah. So, so when you're with they, somebody like that in the pit and in your experiences, what do you say to them? I mean, what's positive. the conversation? Everything's positive. Everything's positive. You want to keep them loose, keep them relaxed. You know, you're not doing nothing wrong. All right. Never, never look back. Always look forward, especially with Bobby's, Bobby's uh, Newfoundland win there. That, that was my motto. Never look back. You're only looking forward. Looking straight ahead. With Cody, we call it timeout. We're changing the field. Changing the playing field now. Go ahead and do what you got to do. I mean, you just can't be negative. You cannot, and I don't give instruction because these guys are top-notch notch players. Unless they see something terribly wrong, I will not say nothing to technically coach them. Yeah, ball motivation, get in, get in the mood you're gonna got to be in to throw those shots. Um, with Bobby, I actually told him five frames left. You sucked on this lane for five frames. Do something. I don't care what you do. Just <laughs> do it and move. He and he finished it out. And, um, yeah. you know, he was happy to get that W. Yep. But that's all you're there for. Get the W, get out. Yeah, 100%. You know, I, score, I, who cares? Get the W. Yeah, I may be wrong, and you can correct me on this story. Um, the last match between Bobby and Matt, Matt had a chance in 10, and did he punch or did he? No, I chopped, think he picked the three. Of, chopped, picked the three. That's what Cherry. Yeah. 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 Um, Bobby was dead buried. But he made him do something in the tenth. So that's all you can do at that point. When you're down that much, yeah. try and make make him make a shot because he didn't have to four frames before that. 
Absolutely. Right. That, yeah. And uh, way to go, Bobby. Hope he's watching. <laughs> I played golf in the last two days. Nice. Well, I, I got a question. Why do you actually need a level two Masters to be in the pit at one of these events? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's one of the questions that they've they've kind of asked. But I think part of it is trying to elevate the sport. Um, you know, with the long-term athletic development and all those coaching programs, they're trying to make sure that it elevates it to that standard. Cause you're right. I mean, do you really need a level two? You want something you're somebody you're comfortable with. As I say, I was comfortable with Dave, but he didn't have his level two, but I, I, they're just trying to make sure that we elevate that game to those standards. But I think as in the 05 dropped that. No, 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 it's still level no, two. It's still level two. Yep. And kind of the reason I ask is that we're, we're having trouble in this game right now to continue keeping numbers where they're at already. Yep. And now all of a sudden those, you know, kind of fringe coaches or level one coaches uh, now don't get necessarily involved in the game. Right. Um, and we're, we're starting to see them kind of, you know, drop the game altogether, right? Mm-hmm. So I understand, you know, kind of let have that, that minimum standard in play, but is it really necessary would be the question, right? Yeah, but it, again, I think it's a, the, the sport and the coaching levels and the, you know, the funding and all that um, for our sport. That's, what they, that's why they um, started it. I mean, years ago, I would have participated when they didn't have that, right? Because I remember the controversy of them bringing it in. But again, they're just trying to elevate that sport. And then the, the government funding and all that, you have to show that, so. That's yeah, I, that. um, I, I think it's consistent. Uh, like Jeff Cannon just kind of commented, it's not just bullying, it's every sport. It, every sport's kind of having that issue. Um, there's some sports that obviously have lots of participation level, but there's some that are, are declining, like bowling, curling's one of them. Yeah. Um, even baseball is uh, declining numbers, but they still need that that level two that for that, that uh, Sport Canada thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Are you talking baseball, slow pitch, softball, kids? Uh, sorry, sorry, fastball here in West. Fastball. You okay. need a level two to go to provincials or Canadians to have a coach for provincials. Yep. Okay. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's for funding and stuff like that, right? So that's why they've really worked to try and bring those coaching programs up and get people involved with them. So. Yeah. I think it's, you know, having people on your side that maybe if they don't have that, they could be not in the pit, but they're at the back of the pit. There's no rule that a bowler can't go outside the pit, right? And go yeah. and talk to the I guy that you want yeah. to, right? So yeah. I, I get I get where you're coming from, Adam, is that why do you have to have that? I don't I want somebody else in there. Well then mm-hmm. go and talk to somebody else, right? So there's yeah. I, I you know you know, three people, yeah. four people, front row of the bleachers, right? To do what's comfortable for you. And if it's, you know, having yeah. a figurehead sitting there next to you, that's yeah. fine. But yeah. the, I get it, right? If, if there's somebody else you need to go and see that's not certified, then, then go and see them, right? Well, the year that I, I come second in singles, we both made stepladder. So she couldn't coach me, I couldn't coach her. Right. Yeah. Right? Even though she was done before me. That's why we've been 32 years. Yeah, there you go. Congrats. Congrats. Uh, and then here's a fun one. Dave, um, 
highest rank of number nine for Canadian men. I do recall yep. at some point there was a, a full national ranking. Al Hong made national rankings. Yeah. And in 89, at the end of 89, I was number nine. Nice. But And they had done that for only a couple of years, maybe three to four, the most that I can remember. I remember there being something after you, and it was really heavily weighted towards the Open. I think, you know, if you made the Nationals for the Open, there was you know, lots of points, right? I, I do recall some of those early years of me mm -hmm. playing the Open, yeah. and there were some national ranking systems in that way. So why did you recall why that stopped, or where did it fall, or where did, you know, I mean, it didn't have cash tournaments yeah. and, and outside. Where did that? Probably had I, I don't think they involved hardly any cash tournaments. No, they didn't. Because Al Hong was with the C5. Yeah. So it would probably be C five events, okay. Only, yeah, right? yeah. So again, if heavily weighted on the open, right? Probably your your C five winner, and if if they played Masters and got a medal, right? They were going to be the champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah the rank number one for the next year. But those, um, those kinds of things take time and effort, and that might have been part of the problem too, right? Sure. But at least it was off the ground, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which was generally appreciated. Sure, rank the people. Why not? Yeah. Well, we have, I mean, obviously, Carrie, you've put a lot of effort into the ranking systems of WCBT, but really it's just WCBT guys, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It, it's hard to wait. Um, like you said, Ontario ha at this point has 14 teams that compete. How do you weight that against an Alberta five-team open provincial? Yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's almost you have to make nationals to re receive points, but there's probably a ton of Ontario players that average 290 at the Ontario level, but never made it to nationals. So how, how are you supposed to negatively affect them when you have a 210 player that made it out of another province? It's, that isn't really fair. So there's got to be a way to rank that event specifically first before you can incorporate it with other associations, other events to make it a, a broader mm -hmm. spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. There, there has to be a way somebody has to figure out how to rank each one of those specific associations first, and then you can figure out a way to balance it against the other ones. Mm -hmm. Right. And to get a true national ranking system. But so the only one really now is WCBT that I know. I don't know if Club Tour has its own ranking or something. Uh, they, but They do have, uh, they call it the East tournaments or whatever, but it's the, was the two Club Tour events, Timmins, um, the Midland Open. Right. And yeah. Was there another one? I don't quite recall. It might have been only the four tournaments. Yeah, I think you're right. right. Yeah, so, yeah, ours is really easy for the WCBT and even the five-pin universe rankings because it's specifically based off WCBT rankings. So you know exactly where people finish at every event. So you can weight them. You can add a depreciation scale to them. It makes a lot of sense because they're all comparable. Now going against other associations is just, without them having a ranking system, you, it's impossible to do. Yeah. Yeah. But fun to debate for hours and hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, you often get, we've asked it before, who's the best awesome. bowler in Canada? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. And, I was gonna try to make your face as big as I could, but I couldn't couldn't get that. And, and that's true, right? <laughs> like Mark Goulet, right? Well you'll always get or Mark Goulet or however you wish to pronounce his last name, will always get a big Ontario vote because he's averaging 300 plus. But how does he stack up against West players if he never plays against West players? That's right. Yeah. How do you know, right? So yep. you could say he's definitely the best average player in Canada, but is he the best player? Nobody will know. 
Mm -hmm. There's lots of guys. Well, and that's always been a problem of Ontarians going west to play tournaments because realistically, a lot of Westerners don't come east. Yeah. Yep. Over yep. the years. I mean, exactly. the KG was huge. Yeah, KG. And when Uxbridge was happening, we had a few West players yeah. going oh, to play right. Uxbridge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with Club Tour event falling on the exact same weekend as our longest running tournament out West, it, it, it's, tough. it's yeah. hard to split yeah. that advantage, right? So mm -hmm. um, it's getting – Timmins is getting a lot of attention, and I think there's right. a few West players want to play Timmins. So mm -hmm. it, it's coming with the growth of the cash side of things because it seems to be the thing that's growing. So hopefully with that growth, we'll see that transition where you get Canadian-wide play instead of – west versus east play right yep. yep but again i don't know what your pinfalls like compared to what ontario pinfalls like in the past it's always been a lot different mm -hmm. i don't the, know about now i mean because ontario you could always move the ball when yes. i went out the kg and wherever else the ball wouldn't move so why try to move it right and so that, um, so that is kind of the still the the issue from what we've seen at nationals is you go out east it tends to be a little bit drier maybe due to the humidity levels right so you get more ball movement where out west there's more it seems like there's more oiling or there's at least oil still on the lane and the ball is definitely straighter so like you said it it's not so much a pinfall i think it's a lane condition issue not a pinfall issue yeah. mm, yeah. well because the pin the pin specs are exactly the same across the board, right? Either you're well, eight inch you're pins or seventeen inch pins. Right? Well, it's possible. Yeah, yeah. they're both they're yeah. both out. They're both doing it. Nebs is running seventeen. Bonnie yeah. Dunes running seventeen out here. Yeah. So the specs are same across the board. It's just how you're conditioning the center to play. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But it seems like West always consumes or conditions their lanes the same way all the time, where East. Conditions their lanes all the same. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. So it's, it's just interesting. An no matter where you go. I, I yeah. really wish there was more cross play so we, we could make it more comparable. So the, the main comparison we can make is like Mitch Davies and Greg DeGrazzi and those guys that come play out west here a lot more frequently. They're consistently really good playing out here, but they're also consistently really good playing out in Ontario. So yeah. Just by their comparison, we could say East and West are equal. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And, and but Mitch Mitch comes out and plays a different game. Mitch goes out. Uh, you know, he's playing in Ontario and stuff. He plays a lot of end over end and and accuracy. And when he comes out here, he makes sure he knows right away. He starts turning the ball way more. It's all about yeah. a lot more rotation than uh, than he would normally play out east. So, uh, yeah. but he he knows the adjustments, and that's what this game is about, right? Sure. You're, yeah. you're always just trying to find the adjustments and score. Yeah. I like that. That's, I like that, that. that's, that's, that's what makes the best players the best players because they, they can go to any of those conditions and find a way to succeed. And that's what this game's truly about at this level, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Fun. I like debating that. The East West. How do we how do we combine? <laughs> how do we get national ranking? How do we, you know, because we're at the end of the day, it's there's only a handful of guys that come here, right? Might have a more thriving tour, but and then otherwise you're playing at nationals, right? Mm -hmm. You're playing at masters, or you're playing open nationals, so it's um, always always a good debate. Yeah, and before JB gets all butt hurt, sorry, it's West versus Central because. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, no, great, great podcast, guys. Um, is there any last comments that any of you guys want to make for this podcast? Yeah, I think you guys are doing a good job. Yeah, great and, job, uh, guys. Yep. You know, for the bowling world, that's. Oh, no. Uh, no. Well, good timing. Good timing. Oh, the job? Yeah. Ah. Uh, well, they was made it, it this long. Was it 11 <laughs> o'clock? It's 11 o'clock there. It must have been <laughs> curfew or something. Uh, they, have, they have screen yeah. time on their, on their yeah. iPhone. It's like, nope, it's been two hours. <laughs> what, what amazes me the most, guys, is the, the support that they have for each other. Right. Um, Dave saying that, you know, we just love watching Brenda. I mean, that is something fairly rare in the, in the community. I mean, there's definitely some success stories of couples, but I mean, that's just amazing to the, the support that they've had for each other. Obviously, you know, knowledgeable about each other's games and being right beside each other the whole way is, is, is something very admirable. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, to hear Brenda's stories, um, especially with the master side playing with Connie Ward and all those uh, other amazing, even some of the podcast guests we've had on like Kathy mm -hmm. and all that. It's uh, pretty cool to see her side. Um, Cause you did uh, me personally, I didn't hear a lot about Brenda's uh, career till uh, Tim had suggested bringing her on and stuff like that. And you read her accolades and look back through the history and stuff like that. And it's, it's sad, I guess, because we're out west. We don't hear a lot about their accolades, and maybe they do hear more of it out in Ontario. But um, I'm glad we're doing this podcast so we can hear about these players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred percent preserve that history of, you know, the the amazing bowlers that we had. Oh, there you go. Thanks, Brenda. Yeah, the amazing bowlers we've had <laughs> and 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 are having, and uh, yeah, super grateful that we are doing this. Um, but yeah, you're right. I, I I hadn't heard her accolades, and they are phenomenal. I mean, the, she is she's in the Hall of Fame for a reason. It's she yeah. has an incredible resume, and uh, yeah. I, I've known, but again, it, I've known of, of Brenda and Dave, obviously, and a couple of early on nationals. Um, you know, 2003 and some of those early years knew the names for sure. But yeah, it's super neat to be able to do this, and then you actually get the resume, and you actually see the numbers. Right, I probably didn't realize that she would have played in the London region. In uh, so not would have been a we talked about Bonnie McDonald, right? You were the spoiler. You were the one, you know, coming in to compete, but knowing that you probably weren't going to make it. But to be such a so passionate about the sport in so many different areas is fantastic. And they're both just incredible ambassadors for the game. So very very happy Tim lined them up and got them on the store, uh, or got them on the podcast. So um, yeah, it was it was it was solid. It was good stuff. Well, thanks, Adam, for coming on, man. Yeah. Hey, you know, 20 minutes to go type thing. <laughs> no, I, 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 just to kind of reiterate everything you guys are saying, just uh, I, I always knew Brenda as a Masters player, and I, I've never really played too many of the Masters. Like, I, I think I've only made four Nationals or whatever, but I always knew she was a big player there just from, uh, you know, basically growing up with uh, Jen Marshall Smith and, you know, Tracy Smith and all, all that crew. And uh, they, they've had nothing but great things to say about Brenda and just what type of a competitor she she is. And uh, really had a, a lot of fun listening to both of them. I, I was interested to, to kind of get their, their take on what the, the future of YBC uh, with their direct involvement uh, for so many different years because uh, that, that YBC is it, it's in 
deep trouble right now, right? And uh, my my son Braxton uh, is actually able to play YBC again this year, so so we're 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 back kind of in that mix, and I, I'm really interested to see what the future is for for YBC. I'm yeah. looking forward to harassing him every weekend. <laughs> Me too. But you're right. You're right. Obviously, the YBC, um, you know, we haven't talked about it too much, but there's a little bit of a split and, you know, stuff going on with C5 and Bull Canada and programs being run. So I think there's a lot of people interested to see how the fallout is going to be and what's going to happen with YBC. What's the future? What's the future of, of all of these guys? And, and how does it all look? And if, do they start, do they get to work together again at some point? Or is it, what's it going to look like? And that's a big question for a lot of us. Yeah, and and this may be a bit of a hot take, but I don't think it could get any worse because we all know YBC was on a downward spiral. Mm -hmm. Um, Numbers were continuously going down. So maybe this shakeup is exactly what the sport needed. And maybe who knows what the association is going to do. I don't have insight to either way, but I hope one of them decides to pick up the slack and figure this thing out because you need the proprietors for this game. But you also need the associations that can get the funding and help regulate the sport. So they got to work together. Figure your shit out, people. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. exactly. That's right. And you'll you'll have to get Tim to uh, give the full rundown of the uh, the the new C five board that was uh, just selected yeah. there last week as well. So yeah, right. so congrats yes. there. Obviously, Len Easelson, yeah. right? He's the president, and then the Nets VP, and Tim's now on the second VP. So we've got a, a direct link to C five executive. We ever yes. we ever needed it, right? So, Utilize some boys. Utilize. Obviously, he can't, he's he's careful. Obviously, and doesn't you know there's some in camera stuff that you can't really do executive yeah. side of things. But yeah, man, to be on the inside knowledge and both being on the proprietor side and the five pin universe. I mean, whatever we can do to help mend and bring the game to the forefront and have podcasts and interview the the history of the game, like Jim says. So happy to happy to do what we do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you to to, to Posty. Yeah. Good. Great, great yeah. call, Kathy. Yeah, yeah, he's been around for a long time. As long as I've been playing the Open, he's <laughs> yes. been there. So, Big time. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's congratulations. It's been uh, great having you around. Don't be a stranger. And, yeah. you know, Tim's not here to line up the next guest, but obviously with getting back to bowling, um, you know, we've got a lot of people on the list. So we're hoping to line up some really good uh, guests coming up and continue to do these podcasts. We may not get to do them every week because of schedules and, you know, uh, five pin U eight gamers and pro team leagues, but you know, definitely, definitely on the calendar. If we can, we will. Um, but yeah, there's some, there's some more good guests, good guests yeah. coming up. So yeah, and I think we might have more event um, oriented podcasts coming in the future. Like right before Autumn Open, we'll bring on um, some Autumn Open um, coordinators and stuff like that. TPC. Um, and we'll try and do the same for um, our central Canada <laughs> tournaments as well. And, and hopefully Newfoundland wants to get in on this. Um, we're, we're happy to help promote whatever we can. So if you want to promote your tournament, your product that's part of 5 Pin Bowling, just get in contact with us. Um, we're easy to get a hold of. We're all over Facebook, uh, Instagram. Our patron is obviously the easiest way to get a hold of us. So yeah um, subscribe and you'll have a better chance that's right <laughs> yeah, to pay drugs, yeah. yeah you'll get a response Love yeah. <laughs> and best of luck best of luck to everybody that's obviously starting your uh your leagues right their yeah, regist- ybc registration your adult leagues your mixed your match play whatever they look like i mean bowling mm. hopefully is coming back and you're able to play whether it's a 50 percent, whether it's 100 percent with masks whatever it looks like so hopefully everybody can get out there and get playing 
and uh, we can talk a lot more bull on rather than just fluff. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of filling our podcast full of COVID. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, here comes the all-star draw. I know Weber got in there. Maybe he might win one of these days, but we got 25 I, entries. I doubt sure it. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Hey, they have new star lines out there. I'm calling yeah, Wilton. Right. I'm calling Brad Wilton. Was Wilton in there? Yeah. Ah, a battle. Nice. Nice. Yeah. There you go. Um, hmm. Interesting. I think I just <laughs> had a message with that person not too long ago, so that works out good. Alrighty. Beautiful. I think you did. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for everybody joining in. Once again, thanks, guys, for joining. Adam, with the 20-minute uh, heads up, you, uh, yeah, you stepped up. Reliable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, always. <laughs> always love it, boys. Thanks for the offer. Yeah, always. Not a problem. All right, you guys. See Have everyone. a good week, and uh, we'll see you Thank next guys. week. Thanks, everybody.